Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 17. We recorded this in the barn with the usual suspects, except this time we got a special guest, hero of mine, and a guy I look up to, Greg Sinelli. Greg's a veteran with 24 years of military service. He's been a firefighter for 20 years. He's a volunteer. He's a competitor, a coach. But most importantly, he's a great dude. In this episode, we talk about responsibility, not wasting the time you're given, the therapeutic side of jiu-jitsu, staying healthy, competition, and storming the castle. As always, this episode is brought to you by Tortuga Soap. Don't be the stinky guy or the stinky girl at your gym. Be the best-smelling person at your gym. TortugaSoap.com Also brought to you by Port City BJJ. If you're ever in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, make sure you come check us out. Even if you use Tortuga Soap, you're probably not going to be the best-smelling person in the gym because I am. We look forward to having visitors, so make sure you check us out. PortCityBJJ.com Also brought to you by BJJ Prehab. If you're grappling, you're probably beat up, or you're going to be. So BJJ Prehab has custom videos designed to help you prevent injuries. If you put in the discount code TORTUGA, you're going to get a free month. Also brought to you by We Are Dapper Ties. Quality knit ties at an affordable price. WeAreDapperTies.com Enter the discount code ROLL and get free shipping. And... If you need some jewelry, holidays are coming up, make sure you check out Beauty to Beast. BeautyToBeast.etsy.com. Get some jewelry. You'll get a 10% discount if you enter the code Riddler. 10% off. All you got to do is enter the name Riddler. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate the support. Big shout out to JujitsuTees.com. Make sure you check out the American Patriot Collection. Um, And while you're there, just buy a bunch of t-shirts because Chris and Tanya are awesome and you should support them. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Peace. <laughs> right, because you pay for that, right? Yeah. When when have I ever purported? Was that the word you used? Purported? Is that a real word? Yes. Um, have I ever? Backfire. How have I ever been like I'm a badass? Have I ever ever said that? All the time. Uh, I've never I heard you say that, dude. But you know that you know that you are. You have a license plate that says "badass." <laughs> it's a vanity plate. That's not my car. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was. You know what the funny thing is? We were talking about this tonight, and the longer you do jujitsu, the more you realize you're not a badass because I get it. you, <laughs> beginning of your jujitsu career, you get your ass kicked all the time, and you know you're not a badass. And then you tap, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of five to ten thousand times on your way to black belt. So there's no no ego left, unless you're Eric Bydark. <laughs> unless you're Eric Bydark, and then as time goes on, if you keep doing jujitsu, the joke is right there. I can't say it. He's uh, he's so much bigger than me. No, go keep. Don't going. be scared, homie. No, I'm scared, and homie. It, and as and as time goes on, you realize 
Okay, I've stayed involved in jujitsu. I continue to compete with people my own age. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I watch those animals, the heavyweights, the super heavyweights, the hafas, the geese, the... I know those guys would, would kick my slats in. There's no ego left. There's nothing left. There is no badass left. There's just train. You're supposed to stop competing, open your own club, beat everybody up, and then continue to think you're a badass invent by not a- testing yourself. That's the solution. <laughs> and invent a gold belt. I'm promoting myself to gold belt. Is this podcast live? Are we yes. recording? Oh, that's wonderful. Listen, yeah, excellent. That's, <laughs> that's great. Now, now that's imp- excellent. imprinted forever. Welcome, everybody out there in the jiu-jitsu land to the latest incarnation of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast coming to you live from the barn, Critical Electric Sound with... So here's the thing. We've been talking about getting this guy here for a while and doing this, and I am so stoked. Well, he said no the first bunch of he times would, you He had no interest. <laughs> kept re- but like a true, like how I am, I don't, I, I don't, rejection doesn't bother me at all. Like a dog with a bone. I will beg until you do what I want. No you shame. Do. No shame. My sense of shame was surgically removed years ago. That must be interesting at home. <laughs> George, that's a really cool t-shirt you have on. Where'd you get it? So this guy... This guy, I believe, was in was uh, I, I got I took notes for this one. Before we start, can I can I ask Greg? How do you say your last name? Sinelli. Sinelli. Sorry, aren't you Italian? Yeah. You should, right. you I'm should. trying to be polite and let the twenty twenty four years of military service, I believe. Eighteen years as a firefighter. Uh, it'll be twenty in February. Yeah, twenty, 20 in February. Yeah, S- off by two, but okay. twelve deployments, six combat <laughs> tours. He runs races in full firefighter gear. He's one of the best dudes that I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I love oh, this guy. Oh, stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Greg Sinelli. <laughs> Welcome, brother. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks Dude. for having me. Hey, you want to know who's a real badass? It's that guy. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I was 100%. Kinda, <laughs> I was kind of setting you up, Jay. <laughs> Such a dick. I like it better when you're not on the mic. <laughs> so where did you, you get the shirt? So this is from our friends, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Tees. Yeah, are you sponsored by these guys? Yeah, I am, actually. They're Super the only, nice. They're the only non-veteran-owned business that, that supports me, you know, as far as uh, sponsorship goes. Um, they're, well, they're teammates. You know, Chris, Chris and Tanya, just, they're, they're amazing people. They're really amazing people. Um, and they, uh, you know, Chris approached me last year. And he's like, hey, you know, um, I'm looking at, I want to work with somebody that travels, competes, but, you know, kind of has that, you know, wants to get behind small businesses and stuff. And, uh, and I, at first I was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I was strictly working with, with <coughs> veteran owned businesses because that's kind of what my, my niche is kind of what I believe in. And, uh, but <laughs> kind of like yourself, he kind of wore me down a little bit. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it, it really didn't take a lot. I mean, they're just, if once you get to know them and you know what they're about, what, 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 you know, what Chris and Tanya are about, I mean, they're just solid people, you know, just trying to make a go like everybody else. Super and they're jujitsu nice. people, you know yeah. I mean? It's like, it's not like they, they create a product and they go, oh, this is a really cool product for people that do combat sports. No, they're, they're blue belts and they get on the mat and they sweat and they know what it feels like to get destroyed every single night, you know? And, and I, uh, 
and I and I respect them. They're great people. So they, uh, the the artwork on these T-shirts is strictly Chris's. He he's like, you can do whatever you want, man. We can, you know, we're gonna we're probably gonna do hoodies and we're gonna do like um, beanies for the winter, like you know, with the with with this on the front, you know, type of thing. We're gonna do a little bit more, um, a little bit be a little bit more expansive with it in in the future. But it's uh, I'm just. They're 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 class act. They're just good uh, people. They are. You know, they really are. So we spent a bunch of time with them. Uh, I mean, they they I, yeah, they're super nice. And so I think it's jujitsutees dot com. Yeah, you can go to jujitsutees dot com and you can get yourself the same shirt that we are wearing for yeah. twenty bucks. We're wearing, we're looking at some of the designs now. Some some badass stuff. We have a we already have a sticker on the mirror, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, yes, we I gave do. I actually gave it to Gabe and he uh yeah. Gabriel and he put it on there. It was it was really cool. So Greg, the uh, American Patriot BJJ collection, that's yours, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing uh I'm going to be doing Tap Cancer Out um on November 17th, I believe it is in at is it St. John's Prep in yep. Danvers, Mass. My my uh my, all, do you still call it an alma mater if that's your high school? I didn't go to high school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to do that, and um, I'm probably going to, well, this will be out by then, but I'm going to make an announcement on, uh, probably on Instagram over, you know, after this weekend. But what we're going to do is um, we're going to, uh, $10 from every t-shirt that gets sold between that date from basically now until until uh say November 15th $10 from every t-shirt's going to tap nice. cancer out. Oh so shit. We're yeah. going to do that. So and, you guys should um, buy some shirts. And if I if I uh and I already I already uh, well I kind of already made the made the commitment that if we uh if uh if I sold like 40 50 t-shirts I'd Cut my hair and make a wig for a little kid oh. with cancer. Oh, yeah. So and uh, right. so I'm gonna do. Uh, it's probably gonna be like wigs for kids. They're a great organization. Pantene. I was gonna do uh, beautiful lengths, but they just got this massive um, donation. Where after December 31st of this year, they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, take be taking any hair donations for like three years. Wow. Really? So yeah, I mean that's so, a good thing. Right? Yeah, it's oh, it's a beautiful thing. You know. So um, basically, what I I just came to the conclusion, you know, like, I mean, at my age, I'm only, I'm only one of maybe three of my friends that can actually still grow it. So, <laughs> so, so what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just lucky. So I've had some feeling, I, I don't, you know, cancer doesn't discriminate. So it affects everybody. I don't think there's anybody on the planet that hasn't had a family member or a friend or even themselves that hasn't been affected by, by, by it. It's horrible. Um, so I, I figured this is a great way to, to, uh, you know, Give freely of yourself. Do something that will make a difference in somebody's life. So I figured that's that's cool. We'll make a donation, you know, put the T-shirts out there and contribute 10 bucks from each one. I don't care how many. we. Sell. I mean, I'd love to sell a ton of them, but that, so, that would just be a bigger donation to tap cancer out. But once we break, like, say, 40, 50 T-shirts, I'll... I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the plunge I'll go to something because there's tons of places they call them like ambassadors where you can go and they actually harvest the hair they braid it then they ha- harvest it and then they put it in a bag and then they send it to them so that they can, I mean it takes several uh, harvests of different types of hair in order for them to make the wig for the sure. kids you know that are suffering from it so that's amazing so that would be uh, shirts can be bought online uh, right. you could do it on site on the day of at 
tap cancer out? Will there be you guys can have a table or anything? Uh, like I don't that? know if I don't know if Chris wants to do that. I mean, he's usually pretty good about setting up a table and putting out his own designs as well. I mean, his designs are just fantastic. They're really good. He's got people ever Tom DeBlas. Yeah, I mean, I seen Tom Kyle, DeBlas, Aaron uh, Nicolini, uh, Aaron uh, um, Armorigian. He's uh he's one of um he's a Drysdale black belt. He he's a savage. He's won Masters Europeans, and uh, I met him at the American Nationals. This past uh, summer, he's also like a um, he's also a um, health like a, a health coach as far as eating and stuff like that to get people uh, back Nutrition. on track eating healthy eating healthy ways of eating. So um, yeah, he's and he him and Chris kind of kicked it off. Like I introduced them inadvertently by you know he was like hey cool T shirt and the next thing you know he's talking to Chris online and they're and he's wearing Chris's t-shirts nice. too so that is awesome yeah it is it's really neat you know it's nice to facilitate something where good things are happening to, for good people you know? we got to dig in and find some kind of evil secret about Greg oh I got I, I've started to build this list of people that on the earth that are like too good in nature that you're on the list like I gotta snipe you man like Laird Ham- <laughs> Laird Hamilton is, is on the list like you know, he's married to Gabrielle Reese. He's super good looking. Like he goes around and, like when that there was that uh those floods in Hawaii. Yeah. He was like around on his paddleboard, like pulling families up and saving families. I'm like, too good, man, you is, gotta go. Is it just that <laughs> you're the pulling guy, the average up way too high? Really good looking? Is that what's bothering you about this? Is it just the way they look? Because Laird Hamilton's like really, you know. I, I hadn't noticed that part. But, All right. Um, I would prefer to suggest that we let this man lift us up. Yeah. With Let's him raise him to, up. Try I, to try to reach Jay, heights. Why pull him down? We, we can do that, but I, I I'm gonna have to get some lipstick <laughs> and a sniper rifle. And <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're gonna put the link up for this thing when you start, and we're gonna make sure you right. get a haircut. This is- Let's be super clear. These so you're giving ten bucks per American Patriot BJJ T shirt. Yeah, if they buy anything in the American Patriot BJJ line. Right. Actually, right now, if you if you make a donation, uh Chris if you make a donation to Chris's um right. tap cancer out, he will give you he'll come up with a t shirt for you. What's Chris's last it, name? Chris Block. Chris Chris Block. and Tanya Block. They're both right. they're both doing it. But if you buy anything off uh, Jiu-Jitsu tees right now Any of his designs He contributes five bucks From any of his t-shirt line I just talked to him about it The other day And we're going to do Ten bucks from anything From the American Patriot That's BJJ great story line. But we just want you To lose your hair So Right, right? Go right. You're not the only one There's about There's about 30 dudes in Lowell Right now That are that would be chomping At the bit For me to they're Like there's 30 they, down they, We just need They're like, like sick and tired Of the wet dog On a daily basis <laughs> They want They're like Cut it off You know That'd be great you know? I think I think we just gotta We gotta get this out well, Jay's let's get gonna the, buy a t-shirt for everybody in the academy <laughs> right Jay, everybody's like, gonna be giving them out at christmas Haverport city's gonna show up at tap cancer i'm gonna be like i don't even know how yeah who are these guys? <laughs> like, wow all greg Snelly fans this is uh this is humbling no let's get the let's de- definitely get the uh the link out on yeah. the uh on the port city page and on the great northeast page and on it and get our friends to do the same i mean that's a, an amazing offer basically the guy's telling like that's that's his profit line for the t-shirt you know what i mean is the 10 bucks yeah i mean i'm i'm like, i don't really care i mean it's only i mean what is it it's a month and a half you try to make a difference i mean uh i don't know like from my military experiences before i got into jujitsu and just like right around the time i was retiring from the military um i don't think i was really a good person 
you know, I was a good person because, you know, like I still love the guys that I served with. They were good people. I still love my wife, my kids who are far better than I deserve. But I don't think in my head I was a really solid person. And I think that getting involved with the teamwork aspect of jujitsu and the people and meeting just amazing people over the past few years and traveling the country, everywhere I go, I feel like I can go anywhere in the country and I can train. You know, people will just say, hey, Greg, you know, you come out to California, come train with me. So I go out to California, go train with them. Hey, Greg, you know, come down to here and train with me, you know. And my outlook on it has become so much more about paying it forward for, like, you know, you look at it and you go, you know, like, there were guys that didn't come home, that didn't, that didn't make it home with you. And you say, well... I'm going to see these guys again someday. So my theory on it is I can either, when I see them again, I can either, they can either say, hey, dude, belly up to this bar and have a drink with us. You did an awesome job while you were down there because like, we made a sacrifice for you and, you and you ran with the ball. And thank you for what you're doing down there. You're living an honorable life. Or they're going to say, dude, you totally screwed it up. Everything that I, we did all for that you, extra time. all that extra time you got, you blew it away. You like just threw it away and did nothing. So I'm a firm believer the most valuable thing you can give to anyone is your time. It's not money. It's not, it's not material things. It's your time because there's not enough of it for any of us. So if you give someone your time and you're genuine with people and you, and you try to do good for others, it's going to come back on you. You know, it's, I mean, they, they, I, I don't know. Like I'm not, like I'm not a, like a religious guy. I wouldn't say I'm outwardly religious, but I am spiritual. And I think, you know, someday I'm going to see the guys that I serve with that I, that I, you know, that we didn't come home and I'd like to be, I'd like to be able to look at them and like drink a beer with them or whatever. And like have them say, you know, Hey, you we're did, proud of you. You know, right. yeah, you did something with the time that we gave you. We sacrificed for you and you, you did something with it, you know? So that's kind of like what's been my outlook of living an honorable life. And jujitsu has helped me that with that, you know, it maybe six, eight years ago, I wasn't that guy. But, but now you, I feel like I am. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place. Did you know, like, I mean, you didn't think jujitsu was going to do that for you. Did you, why did you start doing jujitsu? Like, well, because I, I think I, I just want to choke people. Honestly, like, I, I mean, I just have a, you know, like that alpha, like I'm going to train, like I was looking for something different and, um, and, uh, I have a really, from my time in the military, uh, I was hospitalized. I had a lot of like really bad concussion history, like, like really bad. Um, I blew both my TMs. I was, I had to go to speech therapy. I was in and out of the hospital for about a year and, uh, and, um, and during that time, like, it's like, you know, you feel like you do, you feel worthless. You kind of feel like, man, I, you know, I, I, you're like the broken toy, but I can, I'm sitting here right now with you guys telling you that, you know, it, this would, this does wonders for guys for, you know, for people dealing with, whether it's, whether it's, you know, folks that have dealt with like, whether it's any type form of post-traumatic stress or brain injury where you're like not quite getting that motor fine motor skills you know this stuff it's amazing and what it does for does for people but that teamwork aspect is the thing that i really it drew me to it you know where you can just take like you know 20 30 teammates get on the mat sweat 
choke each other and give each other a hug afterwards and then go like, hey, let's go get some food. With no angst, right? It's amazing. You try to explain that to people and it's especially people that do other martial arts. They don't, they can't imagine the concept where I'm going to give you everything I got and you're going to give me everything you got and it's going to be a lot of give and take. It's like a tug of war where I'm giving up position and you're giving up position and we're trying to do accomplish the same thing which is control the other human right and at the end of it after all the grit and the choking and the at the end of all that there's not even what not even one percent of anger it's like slap hands that was fucking awesome i can't wait to do that again and that's and rolls like that are the reason i show up you know what i mean and but that camaraderie is something that i i've never experienced anywhere in my life you know what I mean, and I and to to be fair, like I didn't serve in the military. I've never, you know, I don't. I, I never had those experiences. You know what I mean. I had teammates. I did, you know, organized like lacrosse and wrestling and track and stuff like that. But this jujitsu is special in that way, and I think that you know that's. I, I think that's kind of the one of the concepts that we defy is based on is being that environment, being able to not replicate you know what what people experience, but that team in, environment where you can train hard. It, without having without emotion coming into it it a- absolutely i i i love the fact that you can go in i mean don't get me wrong this sometimes when you have teammates like you got a little malicious intent it's like okay dude i'm not gonna forget about that friendly elbow you gave me last time we rolled and and uh, i'm i'm gonna I'm going to remember that one i'm gonna put that i'm gonna put, i'm gonna store that back there like in hockey they say you take the guy's number like as the guy's skating back to it, you know, after he, you know, took a cheap shot and he's skating back to his bench and you go, oh, I'm going to take his number. I'm going to remember that one later. That's okay. I'm going to store that one for next time. That's cool. And, and, and that's, and that's fine. You know, it's not like malicious, like really malicious, but it's fun. No. You know, you get that. But I've just noticed my, my wife's like, look, I, I don't know. Like, you know, she, she's like, you, you could have a mistress on the side. I would never know you're always at jujitsu. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's you know that's that's just the way I you know I'm, I'm there. I try to be there every day. I'm not working at the firehouse. I'm I'm I try to get that training in. And she'll say, "All right, have fun storming the castle. Have great nice. time. <laughs> hey, enjoy. Uh, go getting Pulling choked out. You know bride. that's cool. You know. So now she knows. Like, you know, she's figured it out. You know, she's she knows. So. so you didn't start this until you got out of the military. I didn't start this until I got out. Yeah. Do you mind asking how old you were? Uh, I was, I was forty five years old when I started. Say it again. Forty five years old. How tall? To- You've only been training cool for that? three years. Three and a half years. What? Three and a half years. Yep. I wow. started. Um, I started in January, like three and a half years ago. I mean, oh, it's like three years, nine months now, maybe. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not shocked at that. What I'm getting at is that I, I think it's really important to say this stuff out loud. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we don't get. I mean, I know you're going to be like this guy is one constant cliche all night long. But I'm a firm believer. <laughs> you know who you're talking to? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm talking to old man Riddler yeah, right, right, over right. here. And, and you know who else you're talking old to? Man well, well, we, well, we were finishing rolling tonight, and I'm like throwing out like Jaws references, and Jay's getting it. Like you oh, say yeah. that to some of the young guys, and they don't get it. Like I'm like, I'm, am I alone on this island? For yes, the love you are. Of God? You know? It's unbelievable. You know, like, the it, number, it's of, funny, the you know? number of children that are half my age at the club is increasing. It's not good. Oh, yeah. Oh, they right. want to kill you. They do. <laughs> it's amazing. There's a couple of them. If I'm you know, not on my game, if I let them get ahead, it 20, doesn't work. Twenty-two. I love the 22-year-old kids that have to take a break. 
They're no, like, no, no, oh, no, no, no. I got, I got to no. sit, I got to sit out for a round. Me and I, I'll just give them the finger, and they have to get back. Up. Steve, There's no taking a break. Steve Gilbert goes, get back on the fucking mat. I'm 55 fucking years old. Get <laughs> back it. on the I fucking love mat. Love it, <laughs> right? Yeah, like um, those guys. Yeah, 45. I'm, yeah, I'm 48 now. Was it? You know, and all uh, night, all night long tonight. After a roll, after a round, get a quick drink, back on the mat. Yeah. Every single round. <laughs> and I trained at noon today too. I was and I you did trained ten it? rolls in Lowell this morning this afternoon. So but you were pretty you were, I was I'm guessing you were in good shape coming in at forty five, but what was the what was the big challenge? What was the thing? You come in, everybody's got their thing. Because like, it's never like what you think it's gonna be like. Oh well, I mean, the the biggest transition is that you go in like you came in and I was like the typical the uh what are the uh Couple of the my 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 uh, Brazilian teammates would be like, oh, like uh, Cavallo, like the the horsey white belt, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, like the spazzy kid that you know, right. and because you don't know what you're doing, and you're like, okay, where do do I do this? Do I not? You know, and even you know, but then you start to relax and get comfortable, you know, and you start going, okay, this is my jam. Okay, this is how I'm going to do this. This is. This is how I'm. Uh, th- this is my game now. I'm figuring out what my game is right. and how I'm playing it, you know. And <clears throat> so that's that's kind of that was that was a little bit of a tough transition trying to figure that out because you're like, it didn't take me long to figure out like you're not supposed to like try to kill your teammates, you know. <laughs> like you're not supposed to try to yeah. kill people. Like literally, like Manson family Christmas on the mat. Like it's not good, you know. And, that, and once I got past that stupidity. And I realized, like, these are my friends. These are guys that have, like, really lifted me up and kind of got me, like, emotionally in the place where I want to be. And it made it so that I, I could, once I got to that point, then I was like, okay, now that I'm here, what can I do for somebody else? Yeah. You know, what can I do to pay it forward to other people and, and give to other folks and guys like me, even folks not like me, just, just to be there for other people and trying to draw them in and help people. So that's kind of how it, that's, that's kind of where i'm at now he's know. on the list did Offici- you officially on the list did you um find the place that you trained at and just stay at the same place <laughs> yeah uh so i i've been with hoffa he was in bradford in, which is a section of haverhill and uh he was at like tang's martial arts and michael tang is like the taekwondo u.s olympic taekwondo uh rep to the UFC, ufc so and they had a falling out and I said, sorry, Mike, I'm staying with Hoffa. I'm going to, Hoffa's my coach. He's my professor. Um, and at that time, too, I was going down to Woburn to roll, to train with Ronaldo and uh, uh, Ronaldo Campos and uh, Dudu Nascimento. So, Eduardo. And so, so but, but, but Dudu teaches at all the schools. Dudu teaches in Lowell, he teaches in Woburn. And he teaches around. in Stoughton, too. Wow, So really? he drives all the way down. Yeah, he drives down oh. to Stoughton to train with Mike Varner and d- those guys in yep. Phoenix in, um, in Stoughton. Great, great crew people. Awesome people. I, so, I've known Mike Varner since that goes back to the Boneyard days. Back when you used to like punch each other. You, I'll punch you in the face and you punch me in the face right. and we'll see who falls. Like those, <laughs> those, those South Shore guys like Mike Littlefield and those guys, they, you know, that's how I, I originally like met Mike Varner, I was probably a white belt. This is probably literally twenty something years ago. Tough guys. Oh yeah, Mike, Mike's <laughs> a great guy. He's he is top shelf. He's a really good person. Yeah. Like I, I I have to say, I mean, over the past few years, I haven't really met too many meatheads. Like meatheads don't last. And um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I like hard rolls. I, I, I don't dodge anybody. I don't duck anybody when I'm training. You know, like I'm like, okay, this is gonna hurt. Big deal. Let's do this. You know, let's, let's just jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, like, right? I mean, you get in a bad. I'm position. pretty sure you've seen worse. Oh yeah. I mean, so so it's like it, it's it's one of those things where like I had to get past that. Like it's okay to tap, man. It's okay to be. It's okay to, you know, it, it, it's okay to train, but. You know, I have to go to work the next day too. You know, right. I mean, and I have responsibilities, and those responsibilities don't go away necessarily just because I love jujitsu because right. I become or like the biggest you, nerd, <laughs> or because you push the limit on a roll too. Right, it's like armbar that you didn't want to feel like tapping to because you know you had this inflated ego. You're like, ah, I think I'll just tap because who cares, right? And we'll start again, right? And I'll go to work tomorrow, exactly. <laughs> right. And I have to act. I mean, the job that I do is physical you actually have to you know you have it's not like you know i mean i have a master's in public high school (laughs) so it's not like i'm gonna be you know finance guy or i'm gonna be working you know in one of the high rises in boston you you gotta save people you got i mean it's a possibility you really i mean you gotta you gotta perform and and your crew depends on you and you don't want to be the weak link it's like anything else you know you don't ever want to be the the weakest link in the chain you want to you know you want to perform you want to be there for for the guys that you work with right. so i i always you know i gotta there's that you have to skirt that line there's times i skirt that line real close <laughs> there's times i get real tight on that line you know and you'll feel it for a little bit but you know you also have to know that the next day you've got to go out there and you've got to do your job you know my, people are depending on you my wife puts me in the right spot all the time i'm i'm i mean i'm not I'm 41 years old and I'm at the point now where the soreness is not over just the next day. It could, we could, we could be sore for a couple of days and you know what I mean? And so I'll, you know, we, we have guests like yourself all the time and real, real tough guys that come in and train and some of them are young guys and some guys are older guys. So it's like when, when Brian came to train, we can train hard, but it's like, we recognize the fact that we're both over 40. So let's not, you know, let's make sure we wake up and train and he's in phenomenal condition he's you know very talented black belt and um but you get the young ones the young ones want to bang and you got to make a decision jay can't say no i can't say no just yet (laughs) just yet and i'll tell my wife i'll be like like i'll be like crawling across the floor the next morning and she'll be like see what kind of an idiot you are and i'll be like but like you know i was rolling with this guy we had a good time and it was a good roll and she's like, yeah, but he woke up today and he's fine. He's like doing it again today. And she I'm like, she doesn't know that. But I, so, but I won. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, <laughs> lower belt perspective. I can keep these guys under control or whatever. I don't mind tapping. I have fun, you know, this kind of thing. The problem is when I'm just chilling and I'm like, you know, keeping frame and it's all good and I'm staying easy because I have six more rolls to go or whatever. And the guy's going, you know, ham, it's when fuckers like you come by and you're watching then i'm like all right i'm fucking turning it on and that's when it all goes to hell i'm not gonna look bad i'm not looking bad when when jay's walking by or steve's walking by i'm like that and so that's i still have that problem i still have that issue which is i'm like no no i here's here it comes all the power goes you know Pretty sure metal. that's called ego. Yeah, I, ego. We all have one in some form or well, another. Why, but, why would I, I mean, be trying to beat the shit out of somebody it. if I everybody didn't have an ego? Everybody has an ego, an ego right? on, in, on right. some level, okay? But 
Riddler's how is we, just bigger. How we? But I don't even is, know why. If you don't, if you don't tap, if you don't tap, that means that you're being very conservative with your game, and you're not expanding that game, and you're not getting any better. It's stubborn. You're staying too. in your own little ball, your own little hole, your little square, your little box, and you don't venture out of it because inside that box, that's your game, and you're really safe there, and you want to play really conservative. But you got to look at. In, and this is just from my, I'm not as long in the tooth in, the, in this as you, some of you, but it, it, from my perspective is, the, you know, you get the laboratory where you do all your work at the gym, okay, where everybody's training, everybody's beating on each other, but you have to take some risk. They're your teammates. They're not there to kill you. They can't kill you and they can't eat you. So, so you know, there's clearly you don't know the guys at Port City. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, like, so, so like, you, you know, you know, I look at it like you got to take some risk and try new things and expand your game if you're ever going to get any better because you got to put yourself in situations which are really crappy in order to expand that knowledge. And, 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 and everybody knows, too, if tune it once or twice isn't going to give you that muscle memory that you feel confident that when it's for real or if you're in a tournament and you have Ten, to perform. 10,000. Yeah, I mean, that whole 10,000-hour theory and, you know, that's... You know, that's just how I feel about it. I mean, who cares? Like, all right, so I tried something new, got in a bad position, and, and some young guy just, you know, so I got tapped. Big deal. Let's do it again. Come on. I let's was, do it again. Okay, slap hands and let's do this. I uh, I met with uh, Tim Barshard this morning when we were drinking coffee. Tim Barshard over at Professional Martial Arts yeah. over in uh, the Start BJJ Academy in Derry, and he said the same, the exact same thing, and I agree with this. He's like... There's no cameras, there's no TV, there's no belt on the line, there's no money. Right. It's just learning. And it's like I could tap <clears throat> 10 times in a training session and be the better for it as opposed to, you know, if I'm training with a blue belt student, like, sure, I could, if I go to my A game, I could smash the guy into the ground. But I don't learn anything that way. Like, let's like take six months and work on my, you know, uh, butterfly half guard and get good there. And I'm like, okay, so let's now transition to X guard and single leg X. And can I go back to half guard from here and then recover full guard? And then like, okay, now I'm like, my whole game is getting touched by this stuff because I was able to check the ego enough to, to find out where the borders of my game were and push them just a little further out. You know what I mean? And it's, it's absolutely true. And I think that's why, you, uh, what did you call him earlier? The... The Brazilian name for like the meathead. What were we? Oh, the cavallo, the the yeah. horsey, the horsey white belt, the, the cowboy, horsey the horsey belt. white belt. Yeah, they're showing up a lot of the time, and we've all seen a million of them for like a a confirmation that I'm a tough guy. Like they want to work, they want to show up and be tough on day one. Like I'm gonna do jujitsu and I'm gonna push guys around. I'm gonna choke guys. Well, guess what? Day one, it doesn't work like that, and day two is not looking much better, bro. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to spend a long time doing this to get to a position. And by the way, when you do get to that position, it's your primary job to pull up the other guys, just like you were talking about, to help them get to the same level, like get through that rough first year where like, you know, Jay, I'm trying everything that you're telling me to do and I'm doing everything, but it none of it works and people just keep on smashing me. And I'm like Or even worse, that guy who started next to me, he's just got it and he's just flying by me, man. Right? Right. Yeah. And life's right. not fair. But it's not it's not his journey isn't your journey anyway, man. Right. It's you know, always it's you against you. It really isn't. Right. It's not a race. I mean, the, the I mean, 
there nobody's any better than anybody else. I mean, I could care less like what belt anybody has around their waist Jesus, or no. like for the That's love of Pete, one, like yeah. who really That's cares? I mean, like I I'm I'm it's way more important to me like you're a solid human being and you treat treat people well than, than what belt you wear. You know, like I could care less about I couldn't care le- less about what that is. You right. know, we, we you know, we 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 place a lot of reverence on it and I get it with the martial, being a martial artist and saying, look, there's a pecking order. And you know, when you hit this pinnacle right here, this is like the guy that really spent a lot of time, got a lot of ass beatings, spent, <laughs> spilt, a, you know, put a lot of sweat on these mats and spilt a little bit of blood, maybe a lot of blood, you know, and finally got to this level. But it's it's more important to be a really like a world class human being than it is to be a world class like a world champion in my my humble opinion. I, it's harder to teach that first one though. It's it's very hard, and you know what I think of when I think of that is um, my strength and conditioning coach. He's like, you're here for maybe ninety minutes, four times a week, three or four times a week. What are you doing with the other ninety five percent of your time? And it's just like that with jujitsu. It's like, yeah, just because this guy puts on a different color belt doesn't make him better for the 90 minutes that we spend here. What's that guy doing with the rest right. of his life? Like someone like Greg, holy shit, like listen to this conversation. He's like, you know, George did went, went through the like, the, this is how many years I spent doing this, serving others. This is how many years I, 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 this is what I still do. And it's like, you know, just because a white belt shows up and he's like a goddamn open heart surgeon, and he's saving people's lives every day. Like, what am I going to do? Like, talk down to that guy and treat him like, oh, you're a white belt. Like, wash the mats and get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. People are people. The belt comes off the second you step off the mat. We're just people. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think it's, it, for me, it was an easy concept. I mean, it, I mean, I, I understood the pecking order from the beginning. I mean, we still, you know, I mean, we're very relaxed for the most part, but. I mean, there's still like, I mean, you still walk in, you call him professor and you're like, you're respectful, like when you're on the mat and everything. And and then once we're all done, we joke around and kid and like, we're just one of the guys. But during the class time that you're there and you're like, you know, learning technique and everything, it's, it's important because it keeps everybody focused. You know, it keeps a lot of people focused because I'll tell you right now, there's days I have like, I have like the attention span of a five year old, you know, so I need to like, I need that hyper, like that focusing and that, and that. You know, so you were referring, you guys were referring to De Blas. I think it was De Blas that said it, Tom De Blas. And uh, he said, there was a, um, a quote that I saw th- that said, uh, when, when motivation wanes, that's when discipline takes over. So, so I, I'm a firm believer there should be some discipline and everything. And, but, but, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong, like sometimes it's just like, you know, like the new white belt guy that comes in, he's like, you know, the the other white belts are gonna like the, that have been there for any length of time. It's like they, they're salivating. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not the new guy anymore. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the new guy anymore. I'm gonna choke the crap out of this kid tonight. You know, hey there, and fish. It's so funny, like you know, you can see, you can see, like I'm like. Relax, killer. Yeah, it's going to be all okay. The time. Just relax. You're gonna. You're not going to be the new guy much longer. He just walked through the door. Give him, at least give him a couple of classes before you start teeing off on this guy. <laughs> right. You know, before you know, like, but so, but I, I, I like, I like the discipline of it because I mean, because in my mindset that that really helps me keep me focused and everything. But once it's all said and done, when you all walk out the door, you know, it's everybody. We're just people. 
you know? And, and honestly, what the hell are we all doing here if we're not here to help each other out along the way? Well, I think the, the, the discipline aspect's a, a huge thing for a lot of people. Maybe it might be even hard to see from the instructor point of view where like outside of the, you know, outside of the, the uh, academy, a lot of people are running shit themselves. Nobody's telling them what to do. Some people have no discipline at all. They're just kind of fucking around or whatever. They And they need that, that I got to get here. I got to get on the place. I got to be here by hand. Got to shut the fuck up. I got to listen to what's going on. That's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. It's a real structure in their lives. You know, they may not have a connection to any other sort of structure. And that's a big deal. I can tell just with some of the new people that came into the, the club over the last six months, looking at this going, these guys are there all the time. I don't think they're doing that white belt, I'm going to come every day and then I'm going to quit six months later thing either. I mean, there's some of the guys who just started out. Like Kyle. Well, I'm not going to call them all out, but yeah, Kyle. I'll, I'll but, call uh, him out. I, I was going to say, if, I got if we're open, right. he's there. He li- he yeah. listens, so yeah. we can call him out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, he has a he has a specific situation which he's trying to get as much training as he can in a, in a short period of time too. But Jimmy loves him, it. Dude. Did you meet him oh, yeah. today? He knows Kyle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. I good kid. Really nice kid. Really. But and there's a group. They have like a. They're going to have their. Uh, you know, their class of. There's a whole set of them that are started around this. You know, within this year, and. I, I, I swear it's as much about finding a place where everybody's pointed the same direction. You can get on the train for that, you know, hour and a half. They're listening to you. They listen most of the time. They listen to George. It's, I feel like it's they good. listen to George more than they listen to me. I honestly. Well, he talks <laughs> a lot more, so there's a lot more that you have the potential to listen to. I also, though, I'm a dad, <laughs> dude. I have. I can. I can bring forth the dad voice, and you don't I, have that. I, well, I definitely don't. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> he also doesn't work. The but dad whatever. persona. <laughs> hey, Dis- Disney dad, yeah, right? right? <laughs> so, I'm. I could be totally wrong, but are you and Kyle in the military like had this similar like job? Well, he, right? Yeah, like uh, so corpsman. Yeah, I was a corpsman with the Marines. So for most of my career, so so I, I speak the lingo with him, and uh, I've no like ever since. Ever, I, God, I think I met him last year. Um, I think it was before he started training with you guys. It, would, if yeah. it was last year. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was you before. Started, it was. I think I met him last summer. Yeah, he started it was, in January. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, I think I met him like last summer, and, and he's like, you know, we were just talking. I think I had a shirt, just a t-shirt on or something like that. And he was talking to me, and then he found out that I was, I was a retired senior chief in the navy, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, dude, I'm retired. Relax. You know, because he still like every once in a while he'll, I'll, you know, he won't re- he won't call me Greg. He'll call me Senior Chief, and I'm like, dude, I'm retired. I've been retired since December of 2012. We can we can kill that. You know, like don't get me wrong. I'm, I'll always be a chief. You know, like I love it. I loved being a chief and taking care of people. You know, being responsible for people and, and taking care of them and making sure they didn't get crapped on and and making sure they had what they needed and the training and everything. And I love that job. That was a great job. Um, but we we don't have to ha- be so formal. We're about to like sweat on each other, right. <laughs> try to choke each other and stuff. Like we could just be we can well, just be brothers out there and like have a good time, you know. <laughs> like I, I was never like I was never was I'm not into off. the whole pomp and circumstance. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit <laughs> I'm a little bit more laid back. I I'm the same way. Like we get new guys that come in or people that come from other places, and they're like, "Call me, sir." I'm like it's totally cool, man. Please don't call me that. I'm gonna start like <laughs> I'm gonna start a thing with new people that come in because they all talk to me, and I'm gonna be like, listen, when it's you when you sensei. meet Jay, make sure you call him Sensei. 
he, he gets really he upset. won't say anything to you but if you don't call him sensei he's gonna be upset right and he'll write you off right away yeah he, yeah <laughs> or at least, or at least <laughs> professor. Yeah, he's got that right, persona <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really yeah. put out yeah, that yeah, vibe really, i'm going you really come across sensei. like that right <laughs> sensei jay that's funny. I'm like I, I was gonna I was gonna talk to you about that because like when we when we first came in, you were talking about the situation you had yesterday, and I was like, oh, Kyle like does like you know what I mean? He's on the medical side, yeah. And I was like, you know, because I wasn't I, I I didn't know that that was your role at the fire department. Yeah, we well we do medical aids. You know, any nine one one call, we respond. We have a civilian ambulance company that works in in the area where I work, but we go on pretty much. Pretty much everything. Um, so any medical aid call, any motor vehicle accident, any MVA, especially with entrapment, um, box alarms, fires, I mean, it doesn't stop. So whatever whatever the call is, you know, we go. But there's a caveat to that now because you deal with all the social ills of America right. on a daily right, basis. Right, and right. it's very easy to be j- get jaded and disenfranchised. Because you're dealing with people at their worst, a lot of worse moments, tough yeah, moments. Yeah, I mean, like, let's be realistic. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, if there's a motel in the area, you know exactly what's going on in there. I mean, right. they're, they're cooking meth in the microwave. <laughs> they're booting heroin. You know, the people, like, you'll have prostitution. You'll have, I mean, you name it, 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 it's going on in that motel. Whether you want to admit it to yourself, or you want to turn a blind eye to it and act like it doesn't exist, it exists, and we deal with it every single day. So it is very easy to get a little jaded and get a little, you know, um, you know like I say, a little jaded and disenfranchised, you know, with it because it's, you know, it does bring a little undue stress, you know, but you have to treat everybody like, I look at it like if I go to every medical or every call and I treat everyone the way I would want my own mother or my own wife or my own kids to be treated, then you will never have a problem. You know, it's got to be tough. It, it it can be because it sometimes you're at like this impasse where you know you're seeing it unfold and you know you you go to calls where you know there might be some form of domestic abuse and you're first in your head you're like, dude, I want to drag this dude out. Like I want to drag him up by the scruff of his neck, and I want to put I want to put it on him right here on the front lawn. Right. But you know, as a professional, you can't do that. That's not your job. Your job is to treat the people that have been that have been um, been abused, been phys- you know any type of physical altercation. Take care of them. Get them, you know, as best you can, and get them packaged and get them get them ready to go to the hospital. Get them to the hospital, and expedite that as quickly as possible. You know the. But in the back of your head, you're still a human being. You still have reactions. You still have your your opinions on things. Your you know, emotion. you just can't you can't you can't voice it and you can't do it at work because that's it's it's unprofessional. We have to push through all that. So, I belong to an organization called the Fraternal Order of Firefighter Military Veterans. Everybody on the I'm the health and welfare officer for this organization, and they're all in and it's based out of the Boston area. It was started in the Boston area. And what we do is we provide peer support. We do, we're a peer, uh, we train people to be peer support for our first responders, but we also provide that extra assistance if a first responder is dealing with alcohol abuse, self-medicating due to trauma, because I equate, so let's equate stress to this. I have a glass, you have a glass of water here. 
and you deal with kid just got beat up by his de- by his stepdad just got you know smacked around and everything and you've got to go to that call and you take care of that little boy and and uh so there's a little bit of water we're going to pour in that glass all right and the next call you go to there is um there's a woman who's been doing sexual favors for heroin and her kids are in the bathtub in the bathroom playing with their McDonald's uh, Happy Meal toys in the bathtub, unbeknownst that the mom is having sex for drugs in the other room and she overdoses and you've got to go in there and work her and open an airway, give her Narcan and possibly CPR and give her oxygen and get her transported to the hospital. And then you find the kid and you think the John is still in the bathroom, still there and you go in the, open the bathroom and you got two little babies, two little toddlers playing, with, playing in, in the bathtub. Okay, so there's a little more stress. We're going to put that, we're going to pour some of that water Okay, you can see over time it's cumulative. Stress is cumulative. So what ends up happening is over time that's going to overflow, and that's going to affect your family. That's going to affect your coworkers. That's going to affect you. It's going to affect your teammates. When you go to jujitsu, like I'm just like some days I'm like just okay. You you need to choke the crap out of me right within the next three minutes. All right, we're going we're going. This I need you to put it on. I need this. I need this more than you know. Okay, you know so. So that's what we, when we come in. So you can see how accumulative stress, even like 10 years, 15, 20 years or more. So what we did a few years ago, we came up with this organization so that we can train peers and try to put a peer in every firehouse across Massachusetts and work our way into throughout New England and across the country. So they don't feel like they're by themselves out there. Yeah, you shouldn't feel like you're alone on the island. And, and, and that's, that's a huge thing with military members like like guys that I served with overseas that were suffering from, you know, some post-traumatic stress, they felt like they were all alone. Like you're on the land of misfit toys. You're all alone on that island. You're the only one that feels that way and no one else understands. Well, we're here to tell you that we do understand. We may not have been to the exact event that you were at, but we have had similar instances in our career and from which we can speak about and we can be there for you so that you don't feel like you're all alone. You know, so... That's kind of where we're going. But now we're also training peers. We're, we do fundraisers throughout the year, like Fight to Win. I took my whole, my whole fight purse amazing. and put it towards that. And uh, we raised a lot of money for that, which is really good. But you, to train a room full of peers to like 50 pe- 30 to 50 people, it costs like $3,500 for like a few-day class. Right. So, you know, every time we do that, we're trying to like do fundraisers and we do events and sell raffles and 50-50s and everything to raise money so that we can continue to have these classes and train people and get them like group and individual crisis intervention, um, suicide prevention class, uh, a class on, on Battlefield to the Street, which is really good because it teaches you how to deal with veterans if, if you're not one, but it also, um, it's it's um it's all um under the um the critical incident stress foundation the uh international foundation for critical incident stress so you get your you know you get these certifications and these certificates so that you can start working with this populace but the only way to get really good at doing it is to actually get involved in it because if you go into the class and think like a couple of years later, hey, I'll look, it's like it's like for instance, you taught a class, you teach class tonight. Okay, we're gonna do this particular guard pass. You go, hey, I got this knocked out. This is awesome. I did this for a few days, and then you don't do it for three years. Guess what? You're not you're not doing that guard pass. Right. It's the same thing. If you don't get used to doing it, the only way to do 
debriefings and defusings and sit down with people and actually work with them to get them the help they need if you have to get them into into a detox for alcohol or drug abuse or get them into a long-term rehab facility the only way to do that is to actually get neck deep in it and start doing it and you're going to make mistakes in the beginning but there's but you can get better at it as you go you know i made a ton of mistakes in the beginning i was taking people to detox by myself in my own truck you know and i was like probably not a good idea so then we came up with this thing that now we don't do it alone we always bring another peer guy peer with us because i actually had a guy one night one day i was taking him to to detox and he's like yeah you need to pull over right here for a second and um and i'm like uh that's a that's a liquor store dude we're taking you to the detox we're going to get you cleaned up we're going to help your life and he's like he's like he looked at me square in the eye he goes greg i'm telling you right now we need to go in there i need just a few nips and I said, well, yeah, but dude, I, I'm taking you to Teacock. He goes, Greg, I'm going to put this real simple for you. This is going to become a really ugly event for both of us. If you do not pull over and just get me a couple of I'm like, dude, I don't care if you pass out in the seat next to me. You go right ahead. I'm going to bring you to detox because they don't care. Like <clears throat> the detox that we deal with a lot, they don't care that if they've been drinking because that's what they're there for. They're going to go through. They're going to be, they're going to have medication there. They're going to be observed through their detox period, depending on whether it's alcohol or whether it's like opiates or whatever it is will determine how many days and what medication they utilize to assist them with their detox so what we do is i'm like at that point i was like i am never doing another one by myself again because i could end up with another with a, in a bag of heads in a trunk somewhere you know? <laughs> right, i'm like right, i'm trying right. to help this dude but you know you don't know how people are going to react when when they're having a really a tough go so uh that was a learning experience for me and like i said you make mistakes in the beginning and then you learn from them and then you can kind of you can kind of fix it along the way so that's kind of what what you know some of the organ at least one of the organizations i work with and what what we do so you're a busy guy oh yeah uh don't yeah, you do also something on the weekends for veterans like yeah, you stay I, at a place yeah um well I, i've been doing that for a long time um we do if we have first responders that are veterans so in the state of massachusetts we have veterans preference for civil service hiring okay so if you served in the military you go there's a top of the list category for veterans okay and um for a public safety jobs so whether it's police officer firefighter simple service hiring civil service civil got it civil Thanks. service yeah so um so but oh, like again stress is cumulative now you take a guy who's done a couple of combat tours to iraq or afghanistan probably not saying all because there's i mean a lot of people are very high functioning and they do a great job and and you know but for some people that may have a little bit of uh trauma that they've dealt with from military service and then but it doesn't really show its rear its ugly head and then you go into the fire service and then next thing you know you're going to a call that might correlate real well with with something that you dealt with overseas so what we we started doing is the what we call the restore program and it's uh it's at on-site academy in westminster massachusetts i mean you can look up there look them up and everything on online they do a great job we have um most of the time it's myself and a uh a friend of mine who's a fallujah marine but he's a boston police officer so we have like that red blue alliance that we have going on where if we have police officers that are having a tough time they don't want to talk to a firefighter they want to talk to a fellow cop so what we do is we have a police officer there if they if there's a firefighter the firefighter doesn't want to talk to a cop all the time he wants to talk to a fellow firefighter mm-hmm. so but 
the good thing being is that we're both combat veterans. So if we have combat vet that's having an issue and he happens to be on the job and he works in public safety, we can get him that weekend where they show up on Friday. They show up on a Friday afternoon. Um, the first thing we do is we get everybody together and we break bread. And, um, and uh, it's kind of like you get to know who's who in the zoo. You know, like, okay, well, all right. So, I mean, in, to be honest with you, my friend that works with me, my battalion relieved his battalion in Fallujah. So wow. we, and we never knew it. Like we didn't, I didn't even know the guy. I met him up there. We, he went through the program and he was so amazing. I mean, this guy is amazing. He's getting into a PhD program to work so that he can work with veterans. He's getting into a psych, a psych D program so he can work on his doctorate so that he can do this for a living and help other other guys he's amazing he's just a great human being so um and then on saturday we do we do group we do so we do a get to know period i give everyone the rules it's kind of like you know big boy rules if you make a mess clean it up after you so we run the house like a firehouse though and the reason being is that everybody takes a turn everybody helps clean everybody helps cook everybody's together so if you don't cook very well guess what you're going to help with the dishes we all work together i'd learn how to cook what was that? I said I'd learn how to cook. Well, it's, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, we eat, we eat well. We all break bread together every single meal, you know. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, and we, you know, we go over the rules. We go over a couple of little things that we do. Saturday morning, first thing, we have breakfast together. And then we go out and we go and we talk about, like, each other's, like, you know, go over everything in your life story, but you go over some of the things that, Make you who you are. You talk about your military service, where you served, how long you were in, some of the places you went. You know what drove you into the military service? Was it a family thing where like every generation of of folks in your in your family has served, or was this was it nine eleven? For some guys, it was nine eleven. We got a we took a sucker punch to the face, and now I'm I want to give some back, and that's what they, and that's what they drove them to go to 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 join. So. So we go through all of that, and we go through first class worse, things like that. Like, when was the first time you felt like you might be killed or that you had a near-death experience and things like that? Because that can change your, the chemicals in your brain. So, and then, and then we go over, um, so we do all that on Saturday. Sunday's the payoff. Sunday's the payoff. We have, we have someone who does relaxation therapy yoga there. We most of the time have a massage therapist there that has worked with critical incidents uh, around the state, like he's he's amazing. He that's what he does for a living. He's he's insane. Like he's so good. Um, and uh, we our yoga specialist is one of the few people that's actually certified to work with people that have post military people with post traumatic stress and or traumatic brain injury. It's got to be uncommon. She it, it really is. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. So and then we also have so. That's more of mine, like, as a peer, I feel like I'm a, like, traffic, play, we play, uh, Sean and I play traffic cop. So we're like, okay, you're going down in this office with one of our, one of our uh, clinicians, which is a nice way of saying shrink. Sure. So he, but he, but they're amazing. They do like, they do this thing called uh, EMDR with, which mimics rapid eye movement. So it allows you, as you're talking and describing an event, it allows your brain a place to put that in a filing cabinet instead of jamming it in there and trying and, and it giving you like difficulty sleeping, intrusive thoughts and memories, flashbacks, things like that. 
Because what happens is with your brain, when you have a traumatic event, sometimes it gets stuck. Okay, so when it gets stuck, they uh, EM, like rapid eye movement. The best way for your mind and your emotional state to heal is by um, is by getting deep REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Because your brain's like a filing cabinet, and what it does is it takes that intrusive thought, it takes those those images, like these snapshots that you're dealing with, and what it does is it finds that spot in your brain where you can actually digest it and figure it out. Okay, wow. so EMD, we do EMDR. We also do. Um, uh, Tommy comes up. Tommy do, also does a lot of the training for firefighter, military vets, but he also does. Um, but he also does the. Um, he comes up and he does TFT. It's like thought field therapy. It's like touching and biopathway. And I call it voodoo. I call it the voodoo <laughs> that he do. So, uh, I, but, it, but for some people it works. That coupled with some EMDR, some yoga, some massage therapy, and the peer support. It's like sometimes they just come out and they just want us to walk out. And this is on a farm. It's real easy to walk around on the farm and like, you know, and, and just take a walk with someone and kind of get their emo- take their emo- emotional temperature. So, and that's the weekend, and they're usually done by about lunchtime on Sunday. But it is, I'll tell you what, it is an exhausting weekend for them. Like, I've had guys, I mean, they just, and, and, and it's not a one and done thing, too. You can come back, and it's free. It doesn't cost them a dime. It's free to them. They've already paid the price of admission, as far as I'm concerned. As far as the people that run on site are concerned, if you're a first responder and you need to go up there for, like, a, a restore weekend, you don't pay a dime for that. It's, Who runs it? Who, who run, on-site Academy. They are their own nonprofit. They're amazing. Um, there's a there's a gentleman that works up there, Hayden Duggan, and he's been working with first responders and veterans for forever. Like he's he's a Harvard guy. He's so smart. He's such a nice guy. I mean, he's he, he he's grandfatherly. You look at him. He's got white hair and a white mustache and everything. But I'll tell you what, the guy is a, he's. He's as awesome as they come. He's I don't know why I have Do- Donald Sutherland in my head right now. And <laughs> he, he's, I'm telling you, like the people up there are amazing. You don't do it for the money. You have to do it because you care. Sure. You know, because I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, no one and none of us get paid to do this job, do the work. You know, you, right. you do it because you care, because you want to pay. It's it hard, right? Because someone was there for you. You know, by rights, my wife should have thrown my shit on the front lawn about a hundred times and she didn't do it. You know, so I gave her every possible reason to kick me out and she didn't, she didn't do it. She's like, okay, we're, you're stuck with me, you know, like, so you bet, you better figure, you better figure your ass out. You better get, you better get your mind right. You know, so I went and did it and because I felt, I feel, you just feel so compelled to pay it forward and do, do for others because people didn't turn their back on you. The guys at my firehouse, they were, they had my back guys that I was, you know, that I've worked with always have my back. You know, they, they, they were amazing to me. They were really good to me. I, I came home, I would come off a deployment. I'd go work at the firehouse. I had one year, 2005 from 2003 to 2012. I was gone. 2005 was the only year that I didn't deploy all those other years, either large portions of or entire years, I was gone. One, at one point, I was gone for like two years straight, came home, went back to the firehouse. The guys, the guys I worked with, they, they just accepted me with open arms. They took care of me. They were calling my family while I was gone, making sure they didn't need anything. They were good to us. You know, I got nothing but respect and admiration, a lot of love for those guys. They what's, were really good to me. What's the name of the firehouse you, you are in? Well, it, I'm on Saugus Fire Department, yeah. just outside of Boston. Yeah. Is it's, there only uh, one fire department? 
are there different houses in we Saugus? Have two, we have two stations in my in my town where I work. I'm at, I'm at Essex Street. I'm on Engine One. So Engine One is the mutual aid company. Um, it does. If anybody calls for mutual aid from uh, if anyone calls for mutual aid for like an engine, we send Engine One. And that's the one I'm on. They'll, I'll probably I'll, I'll uh, they, they're going to drag me out of there with my nail marks on the walls as I leave. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, like I love that. I love that house. I really do. I and I love the crew that I work with. I'm very. I'm blessed. I'm very grateful for the guys that I that I have with me on a regular basis. They're just incredible. They're really good people. Do you get called for stuff? Uh, you know, um, I know when when there's big fires and stuff like that, they pull folks from different towns you know yeah that's the mutual aid agreement that we have yeah okay so that is what that is yeah so we go we we have a pretty good running card we go to um we go to lynn and chelsea everett revere malden uh melrose wakefield i mean we i mean we pretty much go i mean anyone who who asks will go you know we have a running card though you have to kind of stick to that you know, mm-hmm. so depending on what alarm assignment you're on on the card, will determine when you leave or when they are going to call for you. Got it. So, but um, it's got to be busy, right? Like Saugus alone. You Lynn, know what I mean, when you're Lynn, when you're talking about you know the 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 medical calls that you get. Yeah. You know, I know those motels on Route One. You know what I mean? I used to commute yeah. to Boston all the time, and I'm like, nothing good. Nothing good is happening there. Oh, but I mean, like, I mean, it's it's it has a transient population that hits those motels. But I mean, you're not, there's no, honestly, there is no metropolitan area in, in America that doesn't, doesn't have the that. same social ills anywhere. Sure. You know, most of the people that I deal with on a daily basis in my job are genuinely happy that I'm there. You know, that, that, that right. we've, that, that my, our crew, like my captain and, and my, and my two partners now, we have a four man engine. Thank God. I mean, just awesome. But, um, most of the people are genuinely happy that we walk through the door, that we're we're there to help them, and and uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's there's a lot of jo- I mean, you're never going to get rich doing this job, and if you think if that's what you got into it, you got in the wrong job, right? You know, but if you got into it because you feel like you can make a difference, or that you in that you know you really care, then it's it's a fantastic job because you'll get some job satisfaction. Don't get me wrong, there's going to be some of that glass of water is sometimes going to get, get a little overflowed with some of the stuff that you're going to see, you know, and in, once you see it, it's not like you can wish that you didn't see that. Right. But the, the gratification of being able to make a difference in someone's life, you know, when they need you is, you know, that's, that's a lot of job. That's, that's, that's a huge part of it. You really have to, your heart has to be in it. You know, you can't, you know, you won't be, your heart really has to be in it as far as I'm concerned. So, Greg, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Spare time. I don't even know what that is. Um, I mean, how many days a week do you train? Virtually every day. I'm not at the station. Wow. One way or the other. Either I go to either I go to Lowell, which is my 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 home team, or I go to our uh, I go to one of the affiliates like uh, like Woburn. On um, so I try to hit noon classes at least. Right. Most days. So in Lowell, it's Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday have noon, and then Saturdays open mat. In Woburn, Wednesdays and Fridays at noon, and then on Sundays we have an open mat in West Peabody that has gotten insanely popular. Um, so I can train virtually every day if I really, if I mean, if I, you know, but you know, I, I also I read my body a little bit better. I yep. feel, I see. Okay, 
where's that? I'll tell you what's been huge for me over the past year, couple of years. What I've learned is that rehab is important. Oh yeah, I didn't always consider. What does rehab. that mean to you? What was that? What do you mean by that? Rehab. Yeah. All right. So I have a, I have a really good friend who's who's my chiropractor. I've developed a friendship with him. He's fantastic. Um, he takes care of me. He really, I mean, he's not just like one of these whack and crack guys. So I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. So <laughs> that's a, what's his name? That's a great give him a shout yeah. out. Vinny, Owned. His that's name is Dr. Vinny Greeno at Northeast Rehab, Pain and Rehab in North Andover, Massachusetts. I love that. Nice. The guy is awesome. <laughs> the guy is awesome. I'm a firm believer. He is a huge portion reason why I'm, why I stay on the mat and take the abuse. So keep going with the rehab ideas. So you so, said rehab's so, a big part of it. Yeah. And, and especially for guys that are, around my age i i think i think guys don't take do enough of that so and and that and that drives people away from away from jujitsu which is unfortunate i'm sorry i keep pushing at it what do you exactly mean by rehab rehab okay so i do chiropractic medicine chiropractic right i do i do yoga yoga okay um i do mobility work with bands and stuff like that right. and so that and that's my strength and conditioning coach joe venuti at crossfit mass in north andover he he got me really into the mobility portion because i because i have like a ton of injuries from military service you can't like jump out of airplanes and not expect to be a couple of inches shorter by the time you're 40 <laughs> so um so with my injuries like i've had like shoulder reconstruction and i've got like blown discs in my back and all kinds of a mess so and jujitsu takes its toll. Yeah, it does. It beats it beats on your body. It really is. And um, so I do. I do, with the rehab. I do chiropractic medicine, yoga therapy, mobility. Um, I do. I started doing cryotherapy. I'll tell you what. So it at first I thought it was like baloney, but I'll tell you what it it mimics hypothermia. Okay, it draws that it shunts the blood from your extremities into your core, where it hyper oxygenates that blood. And with new and nutrients, and sends it back out into. And when you get you get out, I went to like minus two ninety, minus three hundred degrees below Fahrenheit for three minutes. I'll tell you what, three minutes is long. Yeah, most of the time it's ninety seconds, like in the beginning. But I, but it depends on what what you can handle. So from the get go, my a friend of mine got me into it, who was a cryotech, and he had a special. It was like twenty five bucks on a Saturday. I'm like twenty five bucks sold. Because I've done some pretty silly things with twenty five bucks over the past forty eight <laughs> years, and I can tell you, none of them involve my rehab. <laughs> <laughs> they might you know? have got you to rehab. Yeah, they they got you to rehab, right? So, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm down. Let's do this. And I had gotten like, I had gotten like crazy on bad, like probably a couple of weeks before that, and I couldn't even. I was doing pull ups, and I couldn't even open my arm. Yeah, all you can't the way. push it all the way out. It yeah, gets I, stuck I here. I couldn't right? open yeah, my. Yeah. It was like locked, right? Yeah. And I was doing pull ups. And I'm like literally like this. I couldn't even open my arm all the way. I went into that. I went into that tube for three minutes at like like 290 degrees below. And uh, I'll tell you what. I didn't notice it at first, but then the, after that hunting response, where that blood goes back out to your extremities and you start warming up, and you're like, man, this is all right. This is legit. I feel pretty good. And meanwhile, you're like this. You could <laughs> cut. You could cut glass with your nipples. As you're like trying to get out of this box, man, right? Your knee, I love it, like, man. You put it like a like a sock on or whatever, right? You wear drawers. Right. And yeah, you wear drawers. It's and my wear- knees and my elbows so, get so cold. So what Adam did is he had me wear socks, and then you have to pull it down below your heel because they want that ice cold to hit your Achilles because you know you get foot locked or yeah. you know ankles and stuff like that. So they want you, they want that ice cold to hit that as well. 
Um, and then, uh, and you wear gloves, you know? So, but he, it's on an elevator. So when you step in, right. depending on your height, like you, they'd put it all the way down on the floor practically just because they just got to keep your head out, right? Right. So, um, and I didn't really notice until I'm driving home and I got my hand, I'm left-handed. So I got my hand on the steering wheel and I go, that explains Son so much. Son of a gun, that crap worked. Are yeah, you kidding me? Out. Like, because yeah, right. I had noticed it that morning. Like, I had before I was going. I'm like, man, I hope that some of these joints feel better. So, you know what? You, you made you, you sold me. Like, yeah, I I kind of figure out Epsom salt baths are huge. I do that at least a couple times a week. Those are massive, and it, I mean, it, those those are like. A godsend, you know. I'm I'm a, I'm at CVS like every like every other week buying a big ten pound bag of Epsom salts. Right. So he's doing making them yourself in your own your bathtub, right? What was that? Making them yourself in your own. Yeah, bathtub. yeah, exactly. Right. So it's all about the rehab, and you have to do that. I mean, it's right. It's, you I might mean, have when you're twenty. Uh, when you're twenty, and you're you know your twenties, maybe even early thirties, mid thirties, not a big deal. But as you get in your fifties and you're approaching, you know, forties and you're approaching 50 years old and you want to keep rolling with these 20 something year olds. I find that that definitely helps the rehab to rejuvenate you so that you can go back and get <laughs> and take the battering the next day. I've, I, I have also experienced that, you know, I, th- I decided a few years ago now, four years ago that I needed to get, put some muscle on in order to protect myself, not just to be better in jujitsu, but actually to keep <clears throat> myself from getting hurt. So I started lifting and stuff like that. And right. like I got a coach and he's like, you need to recover better. He's like, you can't be here four times a week and there four or five times a week and not think about your recovery. You have to figure out how to recover at your age. You just don't bounce back. And it's a list of a million different things that you need to start to address. Obviously, mobility, obviously keeping your spine in alignment, things like sleep, things like stress, things like proper nutrition, getting out in the sunlight. Getting good old yeah. natural sunlight, huge. Like, all these things are huge, and it's completely changed. And it's kind of what we're, what we were getting at earlier, saying hey, like you're here for ninety minutes, or you're here for ninety minutes. What do you do the re- the other ninety percent of the time? Do you get eight hours of sleep? Do you well, eat I mean, that's right? kind of like, what I was getting at. So how do you how do you kind of figure this out? Are you training in the morning and then rehabbing it later? Or are you trying to? Yeah, because because what's the point of doing cryotherapy and then going rolling two hours I, later? You know. Well, believe it or not, like if you're doing a weight cut or something, yeah doing cryotherapy and then go train is awesome for you because you're burning like two times the amount of calories. So say right. for instance, if you were Ooh. training for like two hours and you burn like say, I don't know, some arbitrary number, I don't know what it is, like say 1100 calories in like two hours of rolling or whatever. I mean, because it, it's probably a lot more than that if you're really going hard, you're probably going to burn probably somewhere around 22 to 2500 calories because the cryotherapy the, after it's done, for, they say that it, it, in, it, it increases your metabolism for like so many hours afterwards. So you're actually burning like twice as many calories when you work out. So that's, that that's, sounds- that's what, that's what Adam told me when I, when I went in there and I'm like, okay, great. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is that we are in the end it's going to, this is cumulative too, right? Right. Right. You know, so I guess, so I'm just asking from your point of view. So you're saying you're calling it rehab, like as if you're fixing the stuff that's happening from the result of training, whatever, CrossFit and right, yeah. jujitsu and all that. It's, but is this just part of your day or are you saying, no, this is rehab day and this is training day? No, that's part of my day. I, right. I try to train as much as possible at, during the noontime and then give the nighttime, you know, I, so, so for instance, like if I'm coaching at the gym in the morning, so many mornings a week, 
those mornings are my lift days. I co- I coach the classes you know, in the morning. Co- coaching CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit right. Mass, yeah. So if I co- coach those classes, then those are my lift days. I go in there, I I lift, and after I teach, coach my classes, then I, then I get my lifts on. I do my lifts. But I have like a six-and-a-half-year-old German Shepherd who loves to run, and we do trails. So that is not like... You know, you. She's like, oh, you're going to jujitsu. Oh, that's awesome. What about the trail that you you're not gaffing me off? So the days that I don't do that, then I have to take her on. Like I do like five or ten k with her, get her good and tired because a tired puppy's a happy puppy. Five, you know, five or ten k, just a little walk in the woods. You, you know, no big deal. You get to get to get done. But you know what? Right. It, it clears my mind. He it, didn't it even really count is. that when he was talking about like active recovery. He didn't talk about the five or ten k. Like that doesn't even count because that's just <laughs> that's just like you know part of life just getting out in the woods and stuff like that in the winter time i'll you know i'll take her out and we'll snowshoe i you know i try to be careful with her because if i tear an acl i do six months i'll be back on the mat you know i'll get surgery i'll get my knee repaired i'll get back on the mat in six months dog dog get tears an acl they've got like a 90 percent chance they're going to tear the other one within a year so and it's and it's kind, also about kind of the 70, same with humans to a certain extent. But yeah. how, how, <laughs> yeah. how old is the German Shepherd? Six and a half years old. Okay, I got so her from a program called uh, Shepherds for Lost Sheep. So they give they give German Shepherds to combat veterans. So she's been coming to work when she comes to the firehouse. The guys spoil the crap out of her. It's crazy. Um, it's so because my dog is seven, and I've you know I've noticed there's some change in obviously at seven years old as opposed to three years old. She's got so much puppy left in her. She's still like all she wants to do all day. You'll get, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if, if you play chuck it with her, you can get her tired because she's sprinting for the ball. But if you, I find it very comical. Like if I do 5K with her, she's like, yeah, we're good. You do 10K with her towards the end. She looks at you like it was the Patan death march. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Like seriously, this far, you know, like, and I'm like, what? It's, you know, you're used to this. This is cool, man. This is what we do. Yep, you know, but we like the beach. We do, we run the beach a lot. Um, there's a lot of like, um, I take her hiking with me. I I, I took her up to Aratusa Falls. And, Beautiful. Uh, oh, so are you kidding me? Awesome, highest falls in New Hampshire. I know, amazing. My Come buddy Will here. and I. He's a uh, <laughs> he, he's a marine. He he and I uh, he and I hiked up there. Took brought Val with us, and it, just a beautiful hike. We went to um, was it uh, Frankenstein Cliff? Where you can see the whole presidential range from. Yep. First time I brought the kids up there, I fucked up and went the wrong way. Oh, what a dumbass! The four kids with me. It was great. They had a great time. It took like six hours. It was so That's, bad. Like if we get stuck the here, wrong way. I don't know. Like I, one of you is getting eaten out here. One of you had a great time. I thought I was. I thought I was. I, you know, it was going to be a brag, but they were fine. No, no, it's that whole area of a man. Yeah, man. It's yeah, amazing. It's gorgeous I, up there. That my my big regret right now the thing that i'm trying to key in on is like we spend all this time to try to gain fitness right and there's that that and we're all at least all of us here are healthy and able people you know what i mean we have all this fitness which enables us to go to places to see things that people other people can't see because they can't get there like oh you're gonna hike six miles to the top of this to see this and it's another six miles back and we have this capability and i'm not doing it and it pisses me off, and hiking like I, is, and knowing that about thing, myself, yeah, yeah, and knowing that about myself makes me really mad because, you know what I mean. I the the 
like I'm like, oh, but I got I got my work and I got jujitsu and I got all this stuff. And it's like, okay, those are all excuses because I hate anybody that's like, I don't have time. I just don't have the time. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Because it's if it's important enough to you, you will make time. That's like saying, well, I, I really would have loved to raise my kids, but I didn't have the time. Right. Are you that's, kidding me? Seriously? Yeah. You know, you you got kids, you love your children, you don't, you know, you want to raise them right, so you invest the time in them. Yep. You know, it's, you know, it, that's just the way it is. If something is a priority for you, you will make the time for it. Right. You know, uh, in, in around here, like, I'm not a fan of running on ice. So I like snowshoeing. I think snowshoeing's a lot like and now they make these awesome like titanium snowshoes that are like so light and they're yeah, like I've not always even hated snowshoeing. My buddy's like, Hey, you should check these new things that I have. He was saying this thing was super light. He goes, If there's enough snow you can even kinda sort of ski skate kinda down the hill. If yeah, it depends. Enough. Like yeah, I'm it like, depends what on, are you on, talking on, about, on, man? What type of snow you're dealing yeah. with and everything. The first time I ever snowshoed in my life was in the in the military, and it was those old wooden ones that you yeah. carried on we, your back. Right, like, they're, like, they're like this long. They're, they were yeah. like, oh yeah, it was yeah. it was yeah. it was an exercise in futility. It Not was in the military, of course. My wife, crazy. My wife's from Vermont. We went up there when I when we were still dating. Went snowshoeing with her dad. And he gave me those ones. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys got short ones. Like, what's up with that? And he was like, fucking me. Hey, man, I'm a, I, I, I'm a dad. It was a test. Right? Yeah. I am a dad, and you yeah. would get the worst snowshoes if right. you were with my kids. And I'm not going to, I'm the la- I'll never complain to a fault. You know what I mean? It's like the same, like, I'll always finish my workout even though I'm hurting. You know what I mean? And then spend the next two days being like, oh, my God. You know <laughs> right? I mean? So, of course, I, like, tough my way through it and... My wife told me later, you're like, yeah, you did that on purpose. I'm like, I guess I have that coming. <laughs> so what's next? Are you going to compete again soon? Or what are yeah, you, tap um, can- you got tap cancer out? Yeah, I think I'm going to do, um, actually, on the 6th of October, tomorrow. Uh, oh, let's go to Master Worlds. You alluded to some... Oh, I showed my ass. Oh, I showed my ass. It was horrible. I didn't want to bring it up. Oh, yeah. I want to have respect, Greg. Oh, yeah, brother. No, no, it's fine. Hey, you know what? You don't Let's win. hear the story. You don't win the mall, right? You, Let's you know, hear the you story. Grow. Where was this? Oh, it was in Vegas this you year. You flew all the way to Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I did. I to showed, compete at Masters World. For five Worlds. minutes. Have you, compassed, yeah. have you competed at Masters World before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've made the podium too. I apologize, like, yeah, guys. Yeah. I didn't do my research on this one. I just found out about this broadcast like today because I didn't read the, your, your yeah, no, text from before. No, it, so was, I it was apologize, it was, Greg, it was yeah. uh, they say that if you get beaten by, I mean, if you want to, hey, you want to be the king, you got to kill the king, right? Right. So it's best uh, purple belts who's in the world. The king? So yeah, so 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 Israel comes out. And I'm looking at him like, there's no way this guy weighs 100. There's no <laughs> way this guy weighs 181.5 in the game. Right. Did you go in at 181? I, I was. I was um, on the day of I weighed weighed one seventy five in the Jesus gi. Christ I weighed one seventy five you know one eighty one so I was so I was one seventy five in the gi and um, because I knew that I wanted to do no gi pans so right. and that's one eighty that's one seventy five oh, I, see. I so was going to say like, why it was a litmus test but every time I go to Vegas or every time I go to the West Coast I lose like a few pounds because the air is much drier there yep. and it literally sucks the moisture right out of you so I showed up I was like one hundred seventy five pounds. Um, in the gi, yeah, but Israel, Super was like Israel Ramos, right. look at him. He won the whole thing. They say that when the king, when the guy beats you and then he wins the whole thing, it takes a lot of the sting. That's bullshit. Ha, that right? is bullshit. Seriously, like, and I and I, I will tell you what, lost in the next round, and then it. 
right? Was that? No, he could have lost in the next the round. Oh you know? no, he, he. I mean, I'll tell you right now, he deserved every bit. He teed off on people. He was excellent. His pressure was insane. I got nothing but mad respect for him. He got his brown belt on the podium. Awesome. He was excellent. Like, and he was a real, like, a real genuinely decent. He was a really good gentleman. He was a nice gentleman. But I'll tell you what, like, it was, uh, it was like I look, I looked, I looked up, and I saw this guy. And I was like, man, this. This dude does not look like one eighty one and a half or and then I found out like he used to be a heavyweight and I'm like, Okay, that I can believe. Like you're a big dude. Right. But his pressure was excellent. Israel's a but I'll tell you what, Mad, hey, if you're listening, dude, I got nothing but respect for you. You did a great job. You 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 owned my ass that day. I um I, I know that feeling. Uh th- That's not him. No. No. Okay. Two two out of the three times that I've competed at the pans at a black belt level, uh, I've had those guys have gone on to win, and but it doesn't help. It so, doesn't help. You're you're just like I trained all this. Like it's an experience, right? And it's important. Yeah. Like I I, I just for me in my mental mindset when I compete for weeks leading up to that tournament, I'm already visualizing myself on the podium. Like, oh that, yeah. You know, like I'm like okay, I'm gonna take this one, and you know. And I don't do background checks on people. Like, I've seen guys go, oh, dude, I've been watching your fights on Flow Grappling or I've been doing this. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you are. God bless right. you. Right. You That's know, a like, stylistic thing. And, some, and, and some it's people funny want because, to do it. So, Hoffa does this thing, right? So, a, a couple of years ago, I was getting ready for a, t- a tournament. And, uh, and back when I would like, I was like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to stalk this dude. I want to see what this dude's all about. So, he goes, so I, I'm like, he goes, who, who's this guy that you're going to see in the first round? And I said, well, I don't even know the guy. I, I said, I can't find anything on him. And, uh, and he says to me, and he, say, and he says to me, oh, I checked him already. He's a dentist from Oklahoma. <laughs> and I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. I bought it so bad, man. So, so, so check this out. This is so funny. So I'm in the bullpen, and I'm warming up, and the guy, like, comes over comes by and i'm like hey brother nice to meet you you know like i'm greg we got each other in the first round that's awesome you know hey nothing but respect for you you know it's my style too you know yeah. let's 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 hey let's uh let's, let's, put it, let's 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 put it on each other like let's see what it you know let's do this okay you didn't fly two thousand miles to you know have a flow you, roll exactly you, let's let's do this you know but but nothing but respect you know like that's what i love about master four like is Guys will be like, I've had knockdown dragouts. Like, I look like I just, you know, we both look like we went through the ringer. And we're like, dude, that was so cool. You want to get a steak and a beer? Like, hell yeah, I do. Like, let's do that. You know? <laughs> that sounds right. fucking awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. You know? And and guys are really, you know, and I like that about, about, that, about that age level where you can put it on somebody and it's not personal and you can totally walk off that mat like five minutes later and go get a steak and a beer with a dude and, 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 Next thing you know, like you're texting each other. Hey, you doing this one? I've had guys text me and go, "Hey, you're gonna show up for this one." I'm like, "Aren't we in the same weight class?" Yeah, I don't care, dude. Let's just do it. That's great, you know. Like, and that steak was fucking awesome. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's what I like about this about the masters is that there's that respect level. You know, Uh, did you guys see the video that that um, that uh, Rafael Lovato? Yeah. where he compares the freaking the Take adults downs. to the masters yeah. Oh, yeah. and what the difference is and he's like and then when he posted it he said 
He I'm said, not. I'm not. He goes. I think you're all. He goes. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I think you can tell by the video which one I like better. Right. You know. And I thought that spoke spoke volumes. Yeah. You know, right. like. Yep. You know, it's. So it's, is that the whole plan story there? Hmm. That's the whole pants. Oh story no, there? we haven't. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't gone through the match. <laughs> well, you were. Oh no, I got my. Ba- are you kidding me? I got my back taken. I mean, he didn't finish me. Thank God. You, you know, pulled like your I pants defended. down. Hmm? Pulled your pants down. <laughs> oh yeah, he pantsed me in front of like that and like several thousand people. No, it was. It was. Uh, it was. You didn't tie. You know what it was. You lost so much weight. You didn't know. How to Did tie you mean your... that figuratively? I meant it figuratively. I yeah, showed my. I showed ass. my. Ass. It was bad. Like yeah. it was not a good performance it was not my like I, happens, I'm still brother. I'm still a little stinging from yeah. that one you know yeah. like um, you, you those are the best yeah. ones though yeah I'll tell you what I learned a lot you know yeah. I mean in that five minutes I was like man this dude is he's he came he ate his Wheaties this morning he was like ready he was really it was and he, be, he, he ate his way through the rest of the oh the yeah pack. no he did a great job yeah he he yeah. very he was he had a good game plan he came in solid and he and he executed awesome and then he made gold, got on the podium, and got his brown belt right on the right on the podium. I got nothing but respect for the guy. He yeah. he did a great job. Awesome. But it's it's like I want to not like him, but it's impossible. <laughs> right? And then he introduced yeah. me to his wife, and yeah. then I really wanted right. to not like him because she was a sweetheart too. And I was like, man, I can't uh, win. Like, I want to like not like you, dude. Like, but you're such a cool dude. Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? I I feel like those days are so important, though. Yeah. You know what I mean for your for your jujitsu development. You if like, all you uh, ever did was compete, get gold medal after gold medal after gold medal after gold medal, and all, and you don't know what loss or like getting pantsed in front of ten thousand people <laughs> feels like, like literally getting getting. I mean, like literally, he just owns you. Like there's nothing you can do. You brought you tried to bring it, and he just dismantled you. If you don't have a day like that, then what have you learned? And well, like, I mean, what are you, are you evolving? Like, I don't know. But I mean, hey, God bless the guys that can. I mean, look, you I mean, you see right. world champions, but even they get, they get their butt handed to them every once in a there while. There was that you know? dude who just got, just owned by uh, uh, Gordon Ryan uh, at the, I forgot what it was, recently. I'm right now. The guy was f- great. You watch him with other guys and he was like a great oh yeah he was killer but i mean he just couldn't they had just nothing for gordon ryan those are long days man i watched i watched gordon destroy people at nogi pans and you probably saw the one we're talking about we i watched we were watching oh my god the guy was was huge he he went against he signed up for ultra ultra heavy and just broke him down yeah and so and then did the same thing in absolute Oh yeah, he destroyed everybody. That's what we're it was about. nothing yeah. but. I mean, you. He's on a, just a such a different level. He's just such. I mean, he's. But I'll tell you what. He came in the next day. Gives up points though. He'll give up points. Oh, like, he was. That's what. That's what we were watching. We were hanging out watching the, the group. When of you're us that were. confident, and you have yep. that much, like. It, he wasn't being he a cares. dick about it. He wasn't like I'm trying to run out the points. He was just no, no, like no. saying, "I'll see what it's like from this position. What it's like from this." Gordon position. Ryan will give up points. Yeah. Like he'll go for things, like trying to finish the fight, and, and his guard will get passed. Right. But he's so confident in his ability to like just recover. He submitted everybody. Didn't he, he? submitted everybody. Yeah. He is, and there's a video of him actually taking the guy where I'm talking about. Well, he was like, he wanted like 16 nothing or something, and then he just you know real rear naked choked him. But he, there's a video of him after there, like over on the side showing the guys like. How did you do that? And he's like showing him how he did it. It's like fucking wow, man. There's one match he did That's the same three. He did the same twenty-three. He and he's been a, a menace since he was eighteen. He oh, no. um, but the, but the right. difference is is that he went from like a Danaher leg lock system to a, like 
an entire game yeah, like right. influenced and, by and, Tom and, and influenced you know, by Gary Tonin, Gary Tonin by, and, by Henzo Eddie Cummings. and Eddie like, Cummings. You got like, straight up stone cold killers in that, in that gym right. like that or like they're. Yeah. And I they're mean, there twice then, a day. And he yeah. did the Henzo back at back take too. Yeah, he did. Same thing that Henzo just did in his MMA fight. He finished. Hey, he's where he's doing it way. on purpose. So, he's like, so oh, check, you do the so, uh, the so, broom. Here's a little sweep? homage technique. Yeah. So check this out. This was hilarious. <laughs> so so my so my 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 uh, my teammate, my my friend Lucas and I, he sees Gordon Ryan on day two, and Gordon's wearing the crown. He showed up in a crown at at uh, the Nogi Pans the second day, and uh, and and I'm like, and my buddy's like, is he is he is he a jerk? Is he kind of like, I go, go talk to him. I said, I just talked to him a few minutes ago. He's a very humble guy, but you got to make a living somehow and you got to yeah. draw people and sometimes you got to chirp a little day. back he's and like, forth. He's like, chill a little bit, right? Yeah, he yeah. knows how to game yeah. it up. Yeah, he's got to, right? So I want to, you know, we went up there and, you know, and, my, and uh, Lucas was hey, can I take a bit? He was very gracious. Anybody want to take a photo? He was very gracious to all of them. He was very, nice. I mean, I've gone to tournaments where some guys that are really well known weren't quite so gracious to me. Um, and, and I was fans and then of, of their style and then I got their attitude and then I was no longer really that much of a fan. We have a, for sure. We have a he, guy, yeah. This kid, this kid legit is very humble. He's very nice. And it was funny cause I was like, Hey, I'm a fan of your little brother too. He goes, that little shit. I hate, I hate, I hate training with him. He's getting too good. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, this kid's like 15 years old. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, holy right. crap. He's giving you a hand. He's give, he's a handful for you. Like, what's he going to be when this kid's like 20? Right. You There's know. a guy at our club who takes uh, photographs around here. Shout out to Gabe. And uh, he was out there with his kids. And he has one of the best photos he's ever taken of Gordon and the three, his three boys. Right. You know, yeah. Gabe's three yeah. boys. And all three of them are just like lit up by a golden glow of like, oh, my God, I'm getting my picture taken with this guy. Yeah. And uh, Gordon's just done a really good job of making himself into an icon and also being like a human next to it, as far as we can tell. I I have no problem with you calling guys out if that I mean, you got to it's a business. Yeah. Right. You have to make a living. If that is your business and that's how you're going to make a living. He just called out Pena in the gi. Here's the thing. Today. That here's, was so he did here, today. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, and I, I honestly mean, believe this. For the longest time, Gordon Ryan was, he had to do these like, so the no time li- limit thing helps him. Like that was right. kind of his own, but it was the only way he could get guys to fight him. And so he's like, okay, so this is where you guys go to do no gi. I'll come find you. And the still the big names are, kind of not showing up if they know he's showing up and he's like fine I'll, I'll like I'll eventually put it on the gi and I will find you and eventually like you have to give a t- an amazing amount of credit to a guy that's like I want the toughest matches on the planet and if I got to put on the pajamas I'll come find you if I got to sign yeah. up for IBJJF tournaments where not really doesn't really support my game cuz my game like a lot of my submissions are not IBJJF legal then I will I'll go do that. Well, but you got to give the guy a ton of credit. Absolutely, yeah. the guy and the guy, the one guy who put him out. I mean, put him out. The one guy who knocked him out of the uh, tournament was uh, was Pena, who didn't tap him out. Felipe Pena, yeah. yeah. And I so now he's like, "Hey, man, you, let's do it in the gi. Let's do it. Let's do the rematch in the gi." IBJJF rules, like, yeah. I mean, especially at his age, with the resources he has around him and his ability to stay calm on social media and all that. I mean. There's nothing but the future. The for that gi transition is going to be tough. That's a different sure. universe. Sure. But 
I, he's got I mean, the second he's got the, 23 years of his life to get Well, he's got, he's got such <laughs> fundamentally sound jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean, and yeah. great wrestling. Like, I think that he, he'll – if he figures out the grip game and he, and he becomes proficient in that, he's going to be just as good there. Yeah, and you, you can't sleep on Danaher's stand-up game either. You watch him teaching – what he's what the way he's the way he's approaching that stuff because they're starting to show the the Danaher's stand up gi game, which is sort of an adaptation of the judo game into jujitsu, and Jesus, it looks really, really, but really good. Make no mistake, though, he he's still, you know, uh, is taking a renaissance approach to his training. He's not just training with John Danaher. Oh yeah, he's finding the best wrestlers he can find to yeah. go train with. He's finding the best judo guys to go train with. He's finding the best grapplers in the world to go train with. Like. You're just not going to show up and show him something that he's hasn't yeah, there's seen. There's a picture before. of him training with uh, Travis Stevens Strevens up just the other day too. Seriously, yeah, he there was here go. in this area, and then he yeah. was at Bernardo's. He was, Bernardo's he, was, right. he was training with Bernardo too. Yeah. yeah, and I watched that like his little technical breakdown that was on Instagram. Yeah, and it makes total sense. Like everybody likes the takedown. You know what I mean? To go to, like uh, kind of like the uh, the butterfly, yeah. yeah, and. Um, you know, he was like, ah, I like that, and but yeah, you know, now I can't up too straight. Yeah, and he couldn't keep his hips closed. Like the guy's thought a lot about this stuff, and people have taught him. Obviously, he's had great instructors, but he does. He he's a student of the game. The guy is refining his shit all the time. He's like, oh, I'm ten times better than I was. I would kick the shit out of myself from six months ago. I'm like, well, that's not easy, right? Right. To say you're advancing <laughs> that fast when you're at that level, that's what we all hope for. It's like everything starts slowing down at purple belt, right? Like. When you're a white belt, the, after your first class, you're literally 100% better than you were when you started the class. And then that continues for a while. But guess what? Like that slows down to like 0.005%. Yeah, you can only go halfway close, halfway to the wall so many times before you're really not going very far. And that's kind of feel, how it feels. Certainly how it feels to me. It's I'm the, only just part of my way into this journey here. And it does not, it's not like, oh, great. It's going to get easier from here. <laughs> Never, it just gets tougher. <laughs> no, but you got to enjoy that, right? You got to be like, yeah, here we go. I watched two Masters 7 purple belts huh. Woo! Okay, in, in Vegas. It. Okay. I think they got like, they got like a standing ovation. Nice. All right. So technically, if there was actually a, a division, it would be Masters 10 because they were both in their 70s. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Damn. They were in their 70s. I think I might have met one of those guys. Um, he trains with Marcio in Connecticut. Probably, yeah, yeah. I think so I met him. At, I've, seen, uh, I've seen them both at, at tournaments around the country. I'm they're sure. like, they're, I mean, nice gentlemen, really. It's inspirational to watch, um, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was just really cool because they walked out so like they walked out so meek and everything, and they were like. La, la, la. You know, they walked out real quiet and real meek. They're just saving they, their energy, they, they man. Bowed, they, <laughs> you know, they came out. They bowed onto the mat. They came out. They bowed to the to the ref. They bowed to each other, and then they hugged each other and they shook each other's hand. And then the minute that ref went kombach, the two of them turned into cats. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like legit <laughs> cats. <laughs> I was, I was like, that is freaking awesome. It was the cool one of the coolest it was probably one of the highlights of, of, of the Masters for me was was watching two guys in their seventies put it on each other yeah. for five minutes and and uh and literally like just get after it, you know, and and but they looked like I mean, for crying out loud, they were like 150 pounds, if that, maybe yeah. 140 pounds. They were like these little guys and they just went out there like real they looked like 
the way they walked out, it was like this far from putting the tennis balls on the walker. Like that <laughs> is how they walked out. You could tell, like that was because they were sore guy, from the training. Every, every to get step, there you could see, like one of them, like one of them was walking. Every time he took a step, he went, he was going, ow, 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 <laughs> as he walks towards the mat. And then, the, but I'll tell you what, the minute that hand, that hand came down from the from the ref. The two of them turned into cats. It was the coolest thing to watch. The two of them like standing there, like getting in into position, and I was like, "That is the coolest thing I've seen all week." Like, that was awesome. And I'm like, "That is what it's about, right there." Two yeah. fellas that just because you know, they, 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 again, I'm going to throw this cliche out for you. We don't, we don't get, you know, we we don't uh, we don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving, moving man. right? You know, it, it, I believe it, that. You know, it really is. I mean, if you continue to hike, you continue to like run, exercise, do things like in a smart, sensible fashion. Okay, too, because your body's going to take some abuse. If you yeah, do the that, running thing, you can give yourself some longevity. Anytime yeah. I see a guy that's higher yeah. than me, like Masters Five, Masters Six, Masters Seven, as soon as they're done, I walk up to him and I ask, "Okay, what's your secret? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing?" I want to know. We're lucky, at the, we're, we're lucky at the club. There's a bunch of us who are over 50. Well, you got Coach. Coach yeah. is a savage. There's a bunch of us. We had two black belts savage. over 50 nothing but that I'm looking at. Yeah. He and, is, uh, he, Jim's, he's yeah. a great guy. He, he really is. is. We just Literally. had a new guy come in. He's 52. He yeah. just showed up. I, I walked in and George is like, is oh, you're going to get to know this guy. The growing demographic I'm in like, combat yeah. sports is, yeah. is the Masters divisions. Yeah. Okay. We had more people at the Masters this year in Vegas than they had at the Worlds. Yeah. Okay. Right. That should tell you something. Why? Because we're more established. We've had careers. Our kids are grown. Better looking. We, Smarter. <laughs> but make no... And make, I don't know. I got a face like a catcher's mitt. Make... <laughs> make I, don't know about, I don't know about better looking. You got a face for Smarter. podcast, buddy. Yeah, I, got a face, yeah. I, got a face for, I got a face for radio. Smarter. Make more money. No, make make no mistake about the level of jiu-jitsu either. Like, oh, it's I've tough. Heard, don't think I've that, heard... I've heard people like people have come to me like, yeah, Masters kind of like a gentleman's division. I'm like, what the they've, fuck oh, is the matter never, with you? you watched, they've, they've never you, done oh, it. Really? Guys. Have you watched Salo and Flavio... Like those tell guys, me, tell me, hey, you know what? Watch Helvesio Pena get yes. on the mats. He's my, he is my, a hero a of mine. Savage. You watch yeah. Helvesio Pena. He's a De La Hiva black belt. You yeah, watch man, him dude. with a full white head of hair and go out and get out after it on, in the adult division. Right. He puts it on yeah, people. Yeah, he's I, a savage. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he, he just goes a out. savage. Who's the guy with starts with, I'm, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Starts with them. He did the, uh, he did a, a, a Megaton. Full, yeah, Megaton. Megaton full, all the full, time. Yeah, but full toe and out to the side, out around, jumps over, full arm bar. That guy's got to have no ligaments left in his body, and he's like moving Last like a cat. Last year, not, let this, awesome. not this past Masters, but the previous year, I watched Vitor Oliveira from GF Team. Yep. Yeah. He dropped Sayo, this dude, on his face like three times. Boom, you boom, tell boom. me that's a gentleman's game. Right. I mean, he wasn't Hell trying no. to roll him. He literally <laughs> well, snapped Sayo'd him down dude, on his I think, face. I think Flavio... He bounced um, off the top of his head. Yeah. He literally bounced <laughs> off oh, like a Oh, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, that, I, was standing, I was standing 20 feet from that, and I was like, ooh. That's because once you get to Masters, nobody's, nobody has the, bo- the, the, the shame to double sit to both sit into they're gonna be like and that Fuck is this. we're gonna fucking throw we're not gonna pull the double pull at yeah. this I'll, time i'll tell you i Masters, i think no double pulling in Masters. i think flavio almeida could could do the adult division and podium if not win like every time he's like one of the best heavyweights i've ever seen ever the guy is an absolute monster who was saying uh, uh, Grisel is just like walking through guys? Like, there's still people who are just. 
I watched Roberto Godoy two years ago. Right. Walk through I saw the, that too. Walk through his own division and then walk through the open class. Right. Yep. Uh, mas- masters. Th- it was a yeah. Masters three. It's not because wasn't that nice a pan- Wasn't that a pans? No, that was in the Masters, and that he was finished the, the dude. He finished the guy in the finals. Um, I can't remember the name of of the the gentleman he was against, but he put him in the Godoy choke because the guy turtled and he just snapped. He does the the inverted Godoy choke, yep. and it just. It, I mean, the dude. It looked so painful to him. It it was not it was not sexy at all. But he put it, he put it on him like. But he I mean his judo his judo, I watched him actually. He uh, he trained at um, Mika Chipley's uh, in Vegas Gracie yep. Humida um, in Vegas and I'm on one mat and I look over and he brought he walked in with like ten dudes they were yoked out like you'd not believe. Well, they were like I mean, dude. I don't question. I, I don't said judge bring anybody. It. Oh, I wasn't I mean, judging. I'm saying of course up, they are. Out and he yeah. was doing judo with them the day before he was gonna go and like he was doing like warm ups and just kind of going through the motions. He's he's a he's he's bad. He's a tough, bad. You he's should a very tough. You man. should go look at like kind of the history of Roberto Godoy. I don't know, and it. you yeah, will be like, he's a that lineage. is a badass motherfucker right there. Yeah, he he's he's a, he's in our lineage. So Godoy, and then it goes uh, Barbosa, mm-hmm. and then it goes to. Obviously, to Dudu and Hafa, and then to me, but it just to wow. I'm gonna tell you right now, like crazy. And I just rolled with Barbosa like uh, about a month ago. He came here, bef- he was here actually, he was here before the Masters. And uh, and I the, the guy is he's been he is just on a different plane altogether. Like he's he's a he's a little bit older than me, and he I mean, just his pressure is crazy. He's like this little guy, and his pressure is insane. Like he just—he smashed me. He smashed me. He smashed most, just about everybody in there. And he did. And after ten rolls, I looked at him. I'm like, "Are you? Are you kidding me? Not one bead of sweat on this guy. What? What am I doing wrong? I mean, that's all, I, that's all I, these guys do. So I mean, when when we were in we were in Mexico, and um, Marcio Stambowski decides he's gonna like he's gonna like demonstrate kind of the mountain he pulls me out on the mat he's like demonstrating the mountain he weighs at least 20 pounds less than me and and, and due respect i don't know exactly how old he is but it's like 120 right uh he's 60 something i'm pretty sure that didn't that didn't sound like a lot of respect it's tall due respect yeah the man is does not he puts so age group that he should not be able to do this he puts lanky strong so so much pressure from the mount unbelievably strong he i was like well he's like you okay down there brother and i'm like i'm fine so everything's good. fine <laughs> just great great right? like i've never felt pressure from the mount like like and this is a guy that's at least 20 years older than me i swear the those that is inspiration right there because when you think about you know like the younger guys think like we were talking earlier they're thinking about winning and they want to win yeah guess what like my biggest inspiration literally like no shit is coach because coach is 60 years old and he's still training. If I'm not training when I'm 60, my heart will be broken. So I'm thinking about that. I'm right. thinking about 60 and training. I'm thinking about 70 and training. I don't care if I never win anything again. Like I would never trade a world championship gold medal for the longevity in BJJ because I can't imagine a me that doesn't train. But it sounds like what you're saying is that what you get out of training is bigger than winning and losing. Any day of the week. Well, okay then. So you won't... Checkmate. Rem- I don't know if you'll remember this, right? So you and I are in the gym 
I had competed. I was competing the next day, and I saw you. And uh, and it, this is at Pans. Yep. And uh, and you had said to me, How, "How's everything going? How'd you do?" And I said, "Well, I I, uh, I made it through the first two rounds, and then I lost." And you and Mike were there, Mike Pellegrino. Yep. And you said, and you said, and you said to me, he, he you said to me, well, it's cool, man. You're not going to win them all. He go and you said, but but besides that, do you really want like the pinnacle of your career to say, hey, I won, I won pans as a blue belt? You said this before. Like, yeah. like it, you really want that to be like right. the pinnacle of your career? Like, hey, uh, congratulations, you won pans as a blue belt. You might not win anything else ever again for the rest of your white belt world career. championship. You know exactly right. right? White you know, <laughs> but and that stuck with me, and I'm like, well, it's it's like such it, it made such sense, and it stuck with me because. I've been. I've said it to other people. I'm like, I always give you credit. By the way. <laughs> oh, so. then I'm really disappointed. You should pass that off. It's your own <laughs> you know, idea. Okay. But it. But it. I mean, that little pearl of wisdom right there, in the art, knowing that, you know, he's right. Like, you, you're not supposed to win every single one of them. Wouldn't that be like really boring if you won every single? Like, it, you, there should be some hardship. Because if you, I mean, if everything just got given to you and you just skated through and you got it handed to you and everything was fine and you didn't have to put a ton of work into it, would it mean as much to you? Absolutely not. Everything that you have, if you have to work and fight and claw to earn it, it means 10 times more than if it just got handed to you. I, I legit believe, I believe that that failing that test is where the devil comes back into Regretfully into jujitsu because we it, it happens sometimes you get through the whole journey and you, you don't get the story and there are those people that 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 fall prey to that they go you know what I don't have to compete anymore and I'm beating everybody up in my gym and that's it that's the end of my jujitsu and it it's so hard for me to see you know that these people have taken all this out of this art and that what they've done in the end is just turn it into their own, you know, sort of, sort of ego machine. Like, I love what it is you're saying. It's not about winning, but if you do convince yourself that it's just about winning, it is possible for you to keep yourself winning for the rest of your life. Hey, well, I mean, let's be realistic. Nobody gets, nobody pays a registration fee and now you have to pay the extra, you know, like 50 bucks a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I'm sorry, but, I mean, I can understand like black belts, brown belts. But do you want maybe me to own even, it for you? Maybe it's even, a dumbass idea. Maybe, maybe right? even purple. I'll own it for you. But why are you putting it on? Why are you putting it on white belts and blue belts? Like, why are you doing that? Like, I'll tell you why. Because the fastest growing demographic in in combat sports right now is yeah. masters. Right. People have jobs. People actually have lives, and they've established themselves, and they have and they have a little bit more money than the average twenty year old That's who lives it. in their parents' basement who trains three times a day. They're going to be a hell of a lot more exciting to watch. Trust me. I mean, I, I, I love prodigies. I love watching the young guys. They do. They've got more athleticism in their pinky than what I have in my whole body, and I'm and I love watching them. But they don't have the establishment of actually having a career where they make enough money to be able to afford that stuff. So you're 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 going to make it real tough on the new people that are coming in, you know, whites and in new blue belts, and then on top of that. You knew the demographic you were shooting for anyway because we're the fastest growing demographic in, in jiu-jitsu is the masters. So they're like, oh, well, they'll pay it. Well, right. you know, and then you see like grappling industries come out and they're going all over the world. They're doing like they did. They're doing Adelaide in Australia. They're doing Dublin. Ireland, they just right? Announced, yeah. They just announced Dublin. Right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad that there's because I think I think that competition will start 
you know, don't get me wrong. The IBJJF right now is the biggest going. The world's and in the pans are still the yeah, biggest. I mean, they're still they're still big, and that's and, it, and when you get to masters like Master Four, Master Five, the only places you're going to get the number of matches that you really want to again, you want to test yourself against guys that are in your age bracket, your weight, and see where you stand amongst you're the guys go at, a, the game, at a world level. Right? You have to go to pans and worlds. Yep. You have to to see it. Very, I mean. If you want to do nogi, you got to go to the world, world nogi or pan nogi because the average weekend, you're lucky if you get one. You might not even get a match. You may, yeah, you might not. Well, I mean, you would, I mean, but you're going to be down in Masters 1 or something. Yeah, you got to go down. Right. you got to go down to Master 2, Master or 3. Or I, I find Master 3, usually if I go down, I can I can get I can usually get matches at my weight class and stuff like that. But, um, you know, sometimes Master 2 if you have to. But Master 4 is like... You know, I mean, it, that's when you start calling in your buddies that are Master Four, going, "Hey, you, hey, you want to show up at this one? You want to show up at this one? We can." I don't want to pay my one hundred and twenty bucks you know? and not get anybody. Exactly. I'd rather well, they, they they are good about this. If you don't have anyone in your weight class, you don't get anybody. They'll they they do credit you. Well, you know, they don't like good, just take yeah. your money and like yeah. flip you the bird and tell you to right. go go about your merry way. Right. You know, but they, but I mean, that's not what. You know that's not what it's about. Like no, you I mean, want the matches. Yeah, you want, you want that's the, you want a match. You want to test yourself. You want to see where you're where you're at. You know, and that's my big you know, thing with important. the IBJJF. Like I don't even have a problem with them getting their money. Like I I, I realized a long time ago that that organization is money driven. Oh, it's all. But money-driven. the fact that the IBJJF has now commingled a tournament or a series of tournaments now. And now trying to kind of be the governing body of jujitsu, that really bothers me. So I know people that are phenomenal. I'm talking world class black belts that have been black belts long enough where they could have their fourth, fifth degree black belt and their second degree black belts. Right. Because and they and all it takes is for them to fill out the form and come up with a couple thousand dollars and they can get their and they can get their stripes on their belt. Right. And it's nothing because they have the time from the last time they can produce the certificate from when right. they were promoted last. Yeah. And and I'm sitting there going, why do I need a for-profit organization to recognize Absolutely my, not. And this is from black belts. This isn't from like me. I'm a nobody, man. Like, I, I'm, you I'm, think they got their money from Hicks and Gracie? Absolutely <laughs> not. What are you going to tell him? You can compete as a white belt if you want but, to. And, and another thing. I mean, <laughs> not that not that I don't think it's cool that people who have won world championships get recognized. I think it's awesome that they did. But why are you giving out these massive the rings. diamond rings to to pe- former world champions? I mean, you literally, like guys are like, their hands are full of these rings, I mean, like one wouldn't have been cool, and you just put all the dates on it that all the years that they won. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, get one, make it look like the Super Bowl ring. I don't care, but put the dates on it, the, the years that they won. Right. But you literally gave them a ring for every single time they won in their division, like won a world championship. And you look at it and you go, "Holy crap!" Dude. I mean, it looked like <laughs> they looked like Tom Brady. They were walking around with like rings on their hand, and I'm going. That you want to know where that yeah, you extra, paid for that? You know Greg. where those white belts and those blue belts, right, are, like right. getting that, having to get that stupid ID card, and you know, like because your license or your passport's not good enough anymore. Right, you have to have that ID card. Right. So the IBJJF taxpayers, right? That's exactly <laughs> who bought that that bling to make that big, you know, you know, big presentation in the middle of the. Why did you pick the World Masters to do it? Why didn't you do it at Worlds? You why? picked the World Masters to do it. To your point, 
Right. Largest right? growing demographic. Largest, largest jiu-jitsu tournament in the world. Right there. You picked that one to do it. You didn't do it at the Worlds. You know, you did it at the Masters. So. So listen, I promised Greg that I wouldn't keep him up all night because long, I don't think Greg slept last night. When I'll, was the last get, time wow, you slept? I, I got up at 4 a.m. yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Like, and worked straight through the night. Yeah. And then you got to get up tomorrow morning and teach CrossFit at 5.30. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I have to be there like 15 minutes early to right. open up, turn Five, the lights yeah. on. You know, George, it sounds like you're getting the definition of badass tossed right into your right into your uh, into your face hole. I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. It's like you can, you can sleep if you want, George, over there on the couch. There, it's all good. So <laughs> we're gonna do it again, <laughs> Riddler. Riddler, you t- you do a lot of talking about competitions and all this stuff, <laughs> no, but I've never seen you in one. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking I haven't about, seen you on the mat I'm, in a week and a half. I'm talking about I'm talking about work every day, I'm like, all day, I'm like, dude. No you guys, sleep. You guys are like ten feet no. apart. I didn't realize you had a stick that far that you could keep poking across right. the room. I haven't it's seen, great for us. I haven't seen you on the mat in a week and a half. I, I haven't I, seen. Look, nobody, oh, nobody that, wants. Yeah. To Those train. are shots oh, fired. Oh. Nobody wants to train more than me. Yeah, oh, so, believe me, man. I almost trained on Saturday morning with you almost, and gave you almost trained. Listen to me almost. and gave you this <laughs> chest goo bullshit virus that I've had, man. This is the bad shit. He's got SARS. So he's got. SARS. It was pretty bad, man. <laughs> Greg, you got a lot of sponsors. You want to walk through them? Give a little shout out to the folks that. Uh, Kind of that you're representing out there. Yeah. Uh, well, just so you know, before we go into this, we don't edit anything except for soap sponsors, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially the one that sponsors you, James, who's listening. James Hoffman. You, your soap company name might have just got changed on this episode. Weird. Continue, I, I, Greg. I, I think you should let it happen. It's okay. Yeah. There's um. Well, obviously, Jujitsu Tees. Dot com. Beautiful. Um, ranger Nutrition out of Chicago. That's uh, Scott Hardesty. He's a retired Army Ranger. He he uh, he get, he supplies me all my like whey protein and my BCAAs and stuff like that. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, trap and Roll Soap. My boy. That's right. He's my boy. <laughs> now, dude. now out of Tacoma, Washington, yeah, formerly from Kansas City yeah. and El Paso, there you go. Texas. It's a, it's a little there's, bit further away, George. plenty of dirty people, plenty of yeah. soap. It's all good. United in the war against Matt Cooties. That's right. Tortuga <laughs> and Trap and Roll have united before for something. I forget what. I'll tell you what, man. He He's... He's an he's an amazing person. Nah, he's a good um, dude for sure. Uh, Battlegrounds Coffee out of Haverhill, Massachusetts. Oh, I know that. Veteran owned, um, just amazing people. I've been very I've been blessed. I mean, they're all they're all uh, with the exception of Jujitsu Tees. They're all veteran owned companies. Right. They they really take care of me. You know, they do a great job. I mean, I, I'm I'm just ex- really grateful. I mean, it's not easy. I, if anything, it put more pressure on me to perform. Right. Because I mean, when you're not getting sponsored and no one else, and you're the one dealing it out, yeah, there's pressure because you. But there's no harm, no foul at the end of the day. But when you, when someone's giving up cash, paying like your registration fees for the year, or they're they're helping you with plane tickets or hotel, or they're trying to, you know, they're you know they're getting you out to like Vegas or California for Worlds or whatever. You, I think you put the added. I think whoever's being sponsored, I me personally, I don't I. 
I treat I treat my sponsor's money like it's my own. I'm pretty frugal with it. I don't like, you know, I've never course, eaten at a French yeah. restaurant and I don't yeah. I don't fly first class. So I try to like make sure that I'm a they I Miss show my appreciation. Foie gras is delicious. What was that? I said foie gras is delicious. <laughs> at thirty five thousand <laughs> mighty feet, tasty burger. It's even more. <laughs> That's a mighty <laughs> tasty burger. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you mind if I sip your beverage? Um but it's you know, they're just I've been very very lucky you know these these are all people like i have really good relationships with them i speak to them on a regular basis i you know where if we're not talking we're texting um they're very supportive you know and it's something i believe in i mean right down to my like i just you know i i drive a i drive a ford pickup truck you know i wear new balance sneakers because they're made in lawrence massachusetts you know what i mean like i'm i wear origin geese they support me they they give me geese all the time in fact there, there's another one on the way you know um you know these are all organizations that are made in the, these are all people that make something here in the u.s and that's what i'm about you know and now that jocko's with origin they're a part like a partially veteran-owned business right so so it it's about, for me personally, it's about, you know, I consider myself a New Englander first and like a Metro, like Boston guy second. Um, so I I always try to find products that are, you know, made in New England or by Americans or have a veteran, they're veteran owned, just because that's kind of my way of paying things back too. you know, get behind a product. I, you know, it's not just the product, it's the people. You know, it's more important that you, that the, the people, that you have to have that same vision on what, what are they looking to do? What is their vision, you know, for, um, for, for the DeFrancos that own Battlegrounds Coffee, their vision is to build more Battlegrounds Coffee um, cafes and put veterans to work and use it as a job program to train veterans on how to be entrepreneurs and how to run businesses when they get off active duty. I think that's fantastic. You know, um, you know, for James, he, he, I mean, he does a lot for the veteran community. Um, his wife is active duty. She's still like a major in the army. She just, they just got stationed up in Tacoma. You know, um, I'm a huge supporter of We Defy and Geese for GIs. I think what Brian Crandall's doing, I mean, the guy got his house, he got, I mean, he just lived through a hurricane. He didn't know if his house was there and he was still talking to people on the phone about trying to get geese to them. I that guy that we did the, the geese for GIs thing right. Well, no, we did. We just sent him to uh, a member of our gym that was that's through Andrew Dusset, right? Yeah, he was he was stationed in Saudi Arabia at the oh, time, yeah. so we just sent him a bunch of geese. Like we didn't do the. Um, Brian's awesome. Yeah, I'll tell no, you what. I, I mean, we've sent him probably a couple, easily a couple hundred geese over the past few years. And every like so many months, I put a box together. I'll take a collection from guys, and we put them in, put them in a box, and we mail them out to him. And uh, he's always very grateful. He's he's so gracious. What a really good dude. Um, and uh, he trains with John Salter, who's uh, yeah. I mean, you know who he is, an MMA, do, MMA yeah. guy and a, and a wrestling legend. You know, mm-hmm. Those who don't really know him, he's the one who's always standing there talking nicely to the camera, and where behind the him, it's like guys, crazy, these guys like are absolutely killing the shit right, out of each other. Crazy <laughs> sense of humor, really funny videos. Is that yeah. real Port ben. City Wrestling? I think that's the port. Like, they got a yeah. thing called Port yeah, City it's, Wrestling. It's not, it has nothing to do with us, but yeah, right. Well, no, but right. Dude, that crazy inverted lateral, like, and here at Port City Wrestling, blah, 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 guy shoots in for a double, he goes, 
<laughs> throws him through the air. One of it's his like, guys has a great yell. My yeah. wife actually saw the video and forwarded it to him. I'm like, first of all, do you think that I was not going to see that? But she forwarded it to me and she's like, this is hilarious. And I oh, was yeah, like, they're, they're, that's actually, they're quite funny. Actually, remember that Kyle kid we were talking about before? Right. <laughs> He's going to be doing that pretty soon. But Does I, it to me every time we roll. I, I, I got to tell you in all seriousness, Greg, you know, you're talking about how you know, just to, just as a lead off from you, like, oh, I, you know, I like you feel pressure to win for your sponsors that are bringing you out there. But I'll tell you, beyond performance, and you're a talented purple belt, and you've got a huge collection of medals and trophies, and you're going to get more as you move through your career. But you bring so much more of that to the tournaments you compete in. I take fight to win as an example. This last time, Seth got on stage and was talking about all the money you raised for good causes. That, to me, you were the most important competitor that was there that night, regardless of who was there for talent, because you're 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 proof and point and illustration to the kind of people, that the kind of person that people aspire to be, when they're at home saying like, someone give me the strength to do these things, and to be a little bit better person every single day, and you're a great example for people through the things that you do. We spent the last two hours talking about almost three talking about all these amazing things that you're doing. And when you get to get in front of that many people and demonstrate that and let people know why you're stepping on the mat, I, there's no greater service that you can do for people than to help them be a little bit better version of themselves through an example. And so I just think you do an amazing job. I appreciate it, brother. I really do. I mean, honestly, it's it's been an honor being here. You know, <laughs> we were we were joking about it. It's like uh, you uh, before we we started recording. How it's like uh, you, you're like I feel like Danny DeVito in Twins because you you look at like the long list of dudes that you've you know folks that you've had here. You know, like I mean, I, I'm I'm like holy crap. I mean, they've had like Brian Marvin, who is an awesome guy. I awesome love Brian. Guy. He's he's an incredible person. He does a lot for vets and stuff. He's a, he's just a great, really solid dude. But Brian and you had Tom DeBlas and you have you just said uh, Majid, yeah, and Majid. you know Gorilla Hands, yeah, himself, right. You know, yeah. you've had all these like world class. Like Chris Howder, gosh, I mean, Dirty Dozen, the original guy. Yeah, Howder's right? on kind of another level. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he. I mean, just you've had all these, and I'm sitting, there, and it's like it's, it is. It's like literally like um, it's like Hot Shots Part Two, and you're like, how did I end up with this mission? Because you're right, the best. I, I don't the know best you, of what's yeah. left. You know, <laughs> like, you're like that. Fuck la- all like that. You're here for a reason. Yeah, and we just heard the reason. So well, I appreciate you know, it. I really do. 100%. You know, I mean, I when you know you um. I I love I love what it it's this thing this art has done for me and I, I love the camaraderie the teamwork making friends that are on other team you know like that whole you know I, I said it earlier tonight you know when we were training over at your great. place different patch same tribe you know like you know it's it I don't care what patch you have on your back let's just train and and, and become friends and and learn from each other and grow you know but it. it it's um, I also love the fact that it gives me it it gives me this. Um, I don't really know how to put it. It 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 gives me a platform to get the word out for causes that I truly believe in, and for and to to help other people. And I think that's really important. That you know, I could just be a regular person that doesn't do jujitsu, and I probably wouldn't have the platform for people to listen to what I have to say, or to or to try to inspire other people like me that don't have jujitsu or combat sports in their life. You know, I. 
I might not have that. I probably wouldn't have that listening. I wouldn't have that many people listening. I wouldn't have that platform to be able to get that out to people. And jujitsu has done that for me. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because there are a lot of people out there that need that assistance, that need that, that kick in the pants, if they, if you will, or need that leg up once in a while, that, that assistant, that hand that that's, you know, I'm here for you, man. Let's get you up off the ground. You know, let's, let's pull you up off out of that, out of that hole you're in. And, and I'm grateful for the fact that this has given me that platform to get that word out and help others. You know, that's, that's really what it's all about for me. That's what we're trying to do, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks, bro. Let's do it again too. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it again. When we run out of other guests, we'll call you back. <laughs> when you run out of everybody else. Yeah. Yep. Oh, damn, we're in a rut. We, 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 we've run through every other, every other person. We better call Greg. <laughs> yeah. The best. The best of what's left. So it's uh, like anything else, you know, the, the, the one, uh, you know, promo we didn't give. Obviously, like I come up through a different lineage, but I love any academy that welcomes other people in there. And it's all about jujitsu. Like you said, different patch, same tribe. Check out Phoenix Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. they got multiple locations through the New England area. Go check them out. Like, obviously, you just you just got the invite from Greg Sinelli, and I'm pretty sure you could name drop that and get a good some good training in. Like, go visit academies. Meet new friends. Extend your circle. This isn't, this isn't like the 80s and 90s when, we dojo, when people dojo stormed each other. This is about, like, you know, and if, if you know, if, come to, go to other, other gyms, go to other schools, you know, pick other, pick each other's brains and see what's working and what's not working and trends in, 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 you know, I, I, I've just become the biggest jujitsu nerd. I mean, like I, I love it. And I, I mean, I can talk about it forever and I can watch videos and, and experiment in, you know, with new technique and everything else. I can talk about that all day, but you, you just got to get out there and do it. You know, just go meet other people. Don't be, you know, like in your little box, step out of it because there's always someone out there that has like a little, we were talking about that earlier tonight too, how like you knew a a specific technique and then someone showed you like this tiny little detail, this little nuance that you've been using the same technique. You thought you had it down like 20 years. You've been doing this thing, this a certain way and it's been working for you. And then all of a sudden you just went, it just blew your mind. Absolutely. Go someplace else and pick other people's brains. There's always a better mousetrap. 100%. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll see you the next time. Peace. Peace.